and we're starting with this view of the troll freak in the background and we have our aisle right behind hey hey pretty nice yep oop forgot that sound thing again Still give me a second there we go that's where it is now you won't now yeah now you won't hear i'm like where's that coming from got headphones on another week another flight Hope everyone's week's been great. Um, personally, mine's been extremely busy. Uh, no time to rest. So this is pretty yeah, much the too. moment. Um, we have a flight plan today, which, you know, is broken. The VFR map has been broken since the last update, so there's no way to show that. As a result, you might see the VFR map being broken. Uh, will be the same for the Garmin's because for some reason that bug includes also having <clears throat> many indicators being broken. Uh, for me, it's pretty much my whole primary flight display, um, as well as you know things like torque and everything about your engine. So that is going to be tricky. We'll see about fuel, but I'm not too worried about that. We'll see if the indicator changes. But uh, otherwise, it's pretty much going to be a forced VFR flight, which was the plan regardless. Um, I want to see if I could show you guys a little nav map real quick. That would be useful. Uh, let's try that. There you go. Okay, so little nav map, uh, because this is the only way we can see a flight plan. Uh, this is how we, we oh, do yeah, all our my... flight plans. So I'm showing a little nav map right now on screen, uh, far out. Um, so you can see we're pretty much starting uh, pretty next uh, in San Francisco. Wow, mine's frozen too. My, yeah, uh... I think I think everyone's going to be frozen, hence why I'm showing it's it here. It's the first time it's happened to me. That's what's weird. Had, it didn't happen this week. This is it. First time. I don't know, but for me it's been since last week, so... It probably I don't know if you noticed it or not or something. You know, I used it. I used it to plan this flight. As a matter of fact, so the VFR weird. map in-game? Yeah. That's weird. Yep, I, I haven't had a problem with it. I flew yesterday to see what Devil's Tower looked like, and I used it. Wow. Okay, so it must be yeah. some kind of pushback or Random. something that's causing it to happen. But yeah, yeah, you can see your flight plan. Of course, we're gonna go over Alcatraz because. We're right in San Francisco, so why not? Um, quite a few places, and Farrell's going to explain to us later on all these little positions because um, yeah. there's lots of cool things. And of course, we might do impromptu landings. Um, and if we find some cool places where we could have a challenging landing, for example, uh, we'll take our opportunity of that. And with that said, I think it's time for us to get started. Yep. You're gonna have to lead the way, Cookie, because, like I said, I don't have a, I don't have a visual. So. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, that's the difficulty with it, I guess. It's yeah, just everyone's having those issues with VFR maps and just not figuring out. There are add-ons that do exist. Um, you can have access to, uh, Sim Toolkit Pro and stuff like that. I'll actually be turning on, for me. Uh, flight events. Flight events, for those that don't know, is one of those add-ons where you can see everyone else on the map. Um, and the link is events at flight track uh, events dot flight tracker dot tech. I'll send the link in the event text. That way, if you guys wanna uh, find
follow me from that map, you'll be able to uh, to track me. So at least there is this. So it's an interactive map. You can see uh, if, you're, if you have the, the software, then you'll be able to see yourself. If not, you'll be able to see others. I am Cookie, probably written as a um, as some kind of cool little uh, like Charlie dash Oscar Oscar Kilo One Echo. So almost that. But uh, okay, so that's connected. That's good. We'll start a pushback and we'll get going. Um, if you do get lost, so use that link in event text. That will help you. Yeah, I'm having one of those keyboard things again where uh, doesn't want to Everything respond. gets tricky. Yep, it's not moving. I'll it's see this time the pushback guy. Full power and maybe it's the pushback because I never use it. Yeah. And I used it this time and it's I have full power and I'm not moving. So huh. I don't exactly know what uh Yeah, not that quite sure what that's about. Uh, oh, oh Craig. Oh Craig's get. already calling out a stall and crash on takeoff. Amazing. Oh no. Well <laughs> sounds like he got it all planned. Don't worry, we already got the, the tug who's going right um through my plane and going to the back, so I think we got a spooky beginning. We'll see how that ends. I can get anything to work here. Okay. Things starting up. Let's see if we can get her moving here. Okay, so that was good. Let's see. Okay, uh, so. I understand it's going to be difficult with um, without that VFR map, but we'll try our best yeah, to uh, to discuss where we are. That way, you guys could follow if you um, lose us. Wow, I cannot get the aircraft to move at all. Are you just stuck there? I am just stuck here. It's wow. on. I have full power. Yeah. Tow brakes are and off. Uh, parking brakes off. Yeah. I, I don't see nothing moving. Full power. Full steam ahead. Is your engine working yep. at this point? Yep, it's working. Blade spinning and won't move. Ah, so not quite sure what it wants me to do. Wondering if it could be related to the tug or anything. That's what I'm thinking it is. I really um, do. But I'm not quite STW sure. STW has a recommendation for you. Make sure your RPM lever is fully up. Uh, yeah, so, I, it is. Yeah? Try, try yeah. the pushback again, and then try. Okay. okay. That was a lag. Yeah, let's see. see how that goes. Do I let him move me, or should I... Because uh, he's about to try. Of course, he's going to get cut up by the blade, but... You know. Yeah, let them move you and die in the process. Ah, <laughs> eh, there's, Kidding. you know, they're 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 getting paid enough for that, so I guess it's fine. I mean, really? In real life, it Man, must be quite a cool thing. I I guess well, it would see. be a cool job if you were um in places where you don't have snow in winter, because it gets very tricky yeah. when you start uh when you start having snow. Well, he's uh, hooking up here. Oblivious to the blade. And let's see, are we gonna move? 
Well, we'll see. Yep. Looks like you're moving. Yeah, I'm moving. Yay. Let him move you out a, yeah. a little bit before you even try. But remember just to hit the uh, whatever, shift P yeah. or whatever it is to stop him. Yeah, I'm going to stop him now, I guess. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah, you see really that. Stop. So now let me see. Is that what? A, hey, there's an Air Canada here. <laughs> what kind of power do I have on here? One of the oh. liveries I've installed. <laughs> okay, so Air Canada did visit. Wow, uh, I have Francisco. full power and I'm not moving. So this is really weird. Um, I don't know just what's just going restart. On. Um, yep. Sorry about and... that. I have to restart. Don't worry, it's fine. Just... But uh, just try to restart from the runway this time. That way oh, sure. you'll be right on it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, try runway 29. Okay. That's where we're going right now. Let's go, boys. It's just this is becoming a, a habit. <laughs> Every stream, it's like, wow, all week long I'm flying just fine, and then uh, the, live, the live bug sure. comes and you're zapped. Let's see, load again. Uh, hello. And I literally have none of these problems when I'm flying by myself. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't crash, it doesn't freeze, nothing. Never. Well, of so course. It's kind of funny. Well, yeah. Has to Revenge. happen on stream. That's Revenge of the stream. The streaming gods are, are doing their job. And you said runway 29? A-firm. 29. Uh, I've got 1230, 10R, 28L, 33. 28, what? No, probably 27 right and left, but... Hold on. Wait, never mind. Runway 30. Uh, yes. <clears throat> it's a thing yeah. I, I forget to do sometimes. A uh, little nav map loads with the first scenery library, and sometimes it forgets to um, to uh. include the, well, to default back to the FS20 uh, scenery. Ah, I didn't know Control Freak was following me so closely. Um. I love those marks on the ground, because this is not a taxiway, definitely not. Hmm. Yeah. I just did an illegal turn then. Welcome to my world. <laughs> How this loads. Well, there sure is some bumpy stuff on the runway, apparently. Hmm. As long as you're not the Concorde taking off after the Continental that dropped a piece of metal. Ugh, oh, that was painful. <clears throat> Very. Sad story. Awful. For such a small little thing. Small little piece of metal. Well, that's why there's very strict restrictions on, you know, on aviation. And now, every time they're close to runways, there's always those uh, FOD detection, uh, foreign object yeah. debris, and, and all that stuff. So, definitely helps. Uh, you spawning in runway 29er? It's uh, still loading. It's down to the end here. I'm waiting for the nice, flight okay. plan to load in, so it's taking a little bit of time. Let's get a bit of flaps going to see how it's going in there. Is there anything that still looks broken? Yeah, okay. Well, I hope a Sopo fixes that quickly, because... Eh, I know they can fix it, it's just a matter of time. Come on, it's taking a long time, again. Ah, here we go, let's see what happens. 
This runway says three zero for me. <clears throat> well, here I am. Let's see if it has me uh, okay. ready to go. Perfect, you're right there. I'll let's ramp up and take off yep. illegally. Okay. Little Craig. <laughs> We're not doing ATC as well. This is kind of like bush flying, and um, let's just call no it the, the tower's closed because of COVID. Let's say that. Whoa. Break. That is really weird what just happened, but I have no idea. Uh, Plane maybe... bounced? I don't know. It just bounced by, like, I ran over a... Oh, yes, I had that as well. It's like if... A bump in the runway? The lights or something were physical and something bumped, but yeah. That's all right. We survived, so up we go. There we go. Oh man, the pace, nice. It's great. I've never, never taken off from here yet. This is the first. Actually, same. Um, I don't really go on the west coast a lot. I do, but further north, so well, Alaska, I haven't done right? a lot of California, BC, and... <clears throat> well, I'm guessing big airports are not really the bush pilots' uh, no, first no. thought as well, and not, having not those kind forte. of runway lengths. It's kind of nice, though, because you have this huge paved area laid out in front of you, so sometimes it's like, wow, I can't possibly miss that. <laughs> That's you know for I mean? sure. Uh, that's 10,000 yeah, so. feet of runway right in front of you. And sometimes it feels like a huge luxury. At the same time, that's probably the reason why we're not looking at there for that. Yeah. Nice. Okay, let's see how my cockpit is going. That's still dead. No speed Oh, let indicator. me check the VFR map. Hey, yeah. my... Actually, well, question for you. Do you yeah, have any working. speed indicator oh, or altitude? Man. Speed indicator altitude, you mean like just in general? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you have all What's, those. Yeah, I can see I'm I'm at uh, not a great 88 knots. I need to speed up a little bit, and I'm 1,750 feet, 2,000 feet. Okay. Over torquing the engine, so let's... Ah, there we go. Bring it back a little bit. I'm you know guessing. what's weird is my VFR map is working, except that shows a straight direct line to lake tahoe it doesn't actually show the flight plan yeah it's probably very broken uh because i don't have any of that stuff right now i'm flying blind apart from uh from little, little nav map. map yeah, yeah so... i what i should have done is i should have put that on the other pc mm -hmm. and i could at least pull it up and kind of have a visual idea but this will kind of work because i remember we're coming up to the bridge and we got alcatraz up coming up here and Couple cool little facts about those as we as we approach. Yeah. And get closer. And again, yeah, we're getting really close to San Francisco already. Yeah. Hey, there's a bridge, famous bridge. <laughs> Very Not cool. Too far from here. I didn't realize uh, Alcatraz was established in the 30s. I don't know. I I thought it might have been a little bit before that, but it says it was 34, mm. 1934 when they. Uh, so it's fairly recent then. Yeah, it's a little bit more recent than I expected. Although, of course, it's been closed a while, so... Yeah. Yeah. Not enough used runways. To be a fort, then it was the military prison. So, yeah, there's some interesting stuff about it. Um, 
It's like there used to be. Three people did manage to escape in 1962. I'm looking to see here um, when it was closed. It actually was closed in 1963, so it actually wasn't uh, in operation very long from the looks of it. And they never did really ever find the guy that, uh, what's his name, Frank Morris, I think his name was, and got away. They're not sure what happened to him. Did he make it? Did he not make it? You know, he survived and then he kept his nose down and just sort of blended in. Or did the water, because, you know, the water's so cold. The currents here are unbelievable. Yeah. It's really, really hard. That's why it's so odd, because if you look at where Alcatraz is, you're thinking, well, it's just right there. It's so close to the land that what's the big deal? But, yeah, that water's It's quite a distance regardless, yeah. It is, but, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're swimming across... You know, I don't know, a huge, huge, you know, 30 mile stretch. It's like it's like you can see that you're within striking distance sort of of. Of being able to get away, so to speak, but it definitely is deceiving. Yeah. Also, I probably wouldn't try flying under the bridge. I know a lot of bridges have had um, the undersides being fixed so you could fly under them if you wanted to. Um, I just don't know. It's still a big risk to take. I know, right? <laughs> I'm wondering. I would think I for the Golden Gate, because Golden Gate is, at the very least, uh, a hand model. Like, it's all made uh, by hand, so by some person. So, at least I would think that would be uh, collision fixed. I've done it. Yeah, so it's, it's safe to fly. <laughs> Let's call it that, yeah. That was good. You know, when I was reading up a little bit on the Golden Gate Bridge, I was I didn't realize how high that bridge is. I've never actually been there, obviously, in real life. I haven't got to go yet. But it's... I, often, I figured it was a couple hundred feet above the water, but I didn't know how high the supports actually went. And I'm like, I looked it up, and it's something like 760-something feet. I'm like... That's pretty amazing. I mean, it was. Alcatraz looks so small. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I bet it's just, to me, it looks so close to the, yeah. like to the port there, to the to the to my left that it's like. Yeah, it wow, feels so... like you could be right next to it. Like. Yeah, it and is yet quite you a swim could distance. not get off. You could not escape. It's like wow, this is crazy. Yeah, that is that is a crazy. Oh, thing. three, two or three people did, but. <laughs> Nobody knows if they survive, so. Yeah, that's. I think it's really going to be cool when we see the boats moving in the sim. Yeah, right now they're static, and in in my sim, they're not where they should be, I think. Three like this doesn't look right. But yeah, having San Francisco, like, right here, then small island. I thought the island would be much bigger than this for some reason. I did, too. Yeah, I did, too. I'm, I'm shocked at how small it is. I'm like, wow, this is... Not yeah, what I seriously. It looks cool. great though. They did a great job on the modeling of it, didn't they? I don't wow. even know if this is, uh, if this is just autogen or if they really worked on it. Yeah, this is one of the points of interest in the last update. They did a little something to it in update the U.S. update. Yeah, so they probably yeah okay. Did a little bit more of a. They paid more. Yeah, attention I can see to like watchtowers and stuff. Yeah, there. that's that's what I'm surprised at, like the water tower and it's quite detailed. Yeah, I I went to Devil's Tower yesterday to have a look, mm-hmm. and that looks great. 
looks fantastic. And I love the way Wyoming looks quite nice. And again, it's another example of I keep babbling on about uh, expecting to see some kind of texture repetition or whatever. And Oof. yet, or you know what else I sometimes I expect to see is I expect for areas to start to look similar. And maybe because I was flying in some areas all the time, I'm like, this kind of looks the same. But Wyoming did not. The I'm trees were definitely different. File. You and... should look around, yeah. I am getting yeah. that FSX vibe again. You have an A320 flying next to you. Oh, I do? Oh, how nice. Cool. <laughs> Man, that's wow. old vibes. <laughs> I have to make a confession as the, as the bush pilot, but uh, those couple times uh, we flew, yeah. I actually really, really enjoyed. It was a really cool experience when you go from these light little aircraft. Wow, he almost killed me. Um, <laughs> to uh, yeah. something that is that heavy. It's the way that the controls, and I know obviously I don't have a lot of experience in those aircraft, so I'm definitely not the person to say, oh, yeah, that felt great. But I could feel the weight of the aircraft so that it was... I love the reflections on the, of the the bridge. See, this looks again. This area looks different. I've never been here. I of course FSX, yeah, but I mean, so it's just nice to look down, and the city doesn't always FSX. look the same. All the trees always look the same everywhere in the world, but they don't. So I know that they did some work on San Francisco itself. So maybe what I'm seeing here in this area is part of that bespoke point of interest upgrade but it's just so nice to you don't have to pretend that you're somewhere else oh god and that's what i noticed like yesterday i went when i was in wyoming i'm like wow this looks different than any place i've flown so far i've been in africa and you know it's south america and and it looks di like matter of fact there's parts of south america i flew with someone i'm like wow there's a lot of farmland here which I, for whatever reason i wasn't expecting and they're like, well, what did you expect? I'm like, yeah, of course you expect jungle and Amazon. And he's like, yeah, we have a lot of farmland. But again, that farmland looked nothing like the farmland in Wyoming, which looked nothing like the farmland in Florida. So I was like, this is really great. I love this. Yeah. It, it assists your imagination. You're not struggling to so, pretend, oh, yeah, this city is, you know. For those interested in the lighting that I currently have with the sun like this, it's 4 p.m., on few clouds preset so you could just set that and you'll have pretty much the same as me nice. but damn with that light the bridge looks really good honestly i'm i'm kind of exploring at the same time i've never really been to san francisco nor explored no, me either so yeah it. that's i'm i'm if it's i'm like, quiet a little bit it's, it's because i'm like it's huge as well like look at it that. is and it's the frame the I'm, I'm doing well i was expecting some choppiness over the city because i never fly over this really super dense you know like new york and i did it a little bit but i'm not yeah not noticing any major it's pretty smooth yeah it's pretty well, i mean smooth. it is a flight simulator and you really have to move the camera to feel some of the some of the uh the any kind of lag you might experience but by default it's pretty good yeah yeah, we're just behind so you, cool. looking at that city. Oh my god, that plane's gonna hit something. <laughs> uh, where is he? Uh, he's kind of flying over the bay right now. Ah, uh, yeah, I see him. Doctor Naughty. <laughs> Great name. 
apropos. Really? Yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it when I tried that 787 that uh, I said uh, before. I had a, a buddy over, and he's like, he couldn't believe. He's like, wow, what is this? And so, of course, he immediately wanted to do a jet. And, of course, I am, like, airliner incompetent. But when he, he had to go before he could uh, land the plane back, so like I said, I just put the Florida coast on my right. It's a pretty much straight shot due south, so it's not tremendously difficult to get your bearings. I didn't have any autopilot, of course, because I don't really know how to use it that well. Or I felt like, sometimes I feel like I can't look away. Bad habit. I feel like I can't look away from what I'm doing to really duck down and mess with the autopilot. And I keep forgetting, you have... A synthetic vision just look over you can see but the brain is like no i want to see out the window so it's kind of like i well, have to get used to the idea that i can bow my head down for three minutes and i'm not going to look up and be upside down but um it's also a mentality that you have because always yep, flying for far habit. means you yeah. always have to look outside to guide yourself know where you are how you are you know relative to uh, the environment what orientation you are uh, traffic, weather, you're constantly looking out for those variables. Yeah. In an A320, you turn on your weather radar, you have your TCAS, you have autopilot, usually that's on, or at least depends on how you fly an A320, but standard operating procedures will usually have someone fly with an autopilot as a result you don't need to be constantly trimming or looking uh, at where you're going your altitude your speed that is yeah. controlled so you can spend more time looking at your current navigation uh and again most of the stuff in an airliner is set before the flight your whole flight plan uh, all your waypoints your sids your stars uh, most of that is set usually when you fly an airliner you're just with your speeds your altitudes atc and then figuring out your different procedures, things like an ILS for an approach, for example, uh, your transition altitudes and all that stuff. So that part, yes, you have to pay attention, but you're not hand flying the thing the whole time. So right. it, yeah, it's it a very different a easier. way to fly. I was just... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was kind of done. No, no, I was just I was babbling that. So when I was flying the 787, it was like, wow, it. It was a nice, long, gradual turn, but it, see, I, I, obviously I don't know how the aerodynamics are. It's going to be interesting to see. As a matter of fact, we have that feature discovery that's coming up that'll be delving into the aerodynamics to see, you know, how they're, what they're going to discuss about it. But I just remember thinking, wow, this isn't as hard to control as I thought. It wasn't doing, maybe I was more patient. I think in FSX and some of these earlier ones, I was really impatient. So when I wanted to turn, I didn't want to take three minutes to turn. I wanted to turn in maybe now. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Not not like not like 10 seconds or something. But yeah, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. It's you know, that's minute that's two a big challenge slow. with airliners yeah. and when you begin with those because yes. you tend to think a plane can turn quickly. A Cessna turns very quickly, so you can do the same with an airliner. The difficulty with <laughs> this is not only are you, if you're going quickly, suddenly your speed is going to be vastly affected by this, but at the same time, the difficulty with airliners also relies on very good precision. You must be very precise in the way you fly because you must be set on an approach long before you touch down. Otherwise, 
having large adjustments on a short final is very difficult to do properly. Right. And I think, I think, because obviously I said, you know what, I'll, I'll try Fort Lauderdale. Because I knew where I knew where it was coming. It's super easy. Let's face it. It's due west from the beach. It doesn't take a lot of fancy uh, maneuvering. So I just kind of got myself in order. I said, you know what, start turning now. Let's do it nice and slow. And I just was shocked. I was like, wow, because I was so bad at it. Well, again, it's the yoke. But I was so bad at it in uh, some of the previous versions trying to do it with the keyboard. It was just hopeless to try to do it. So, But it was fun. So I'm going to have to – I'm definitely going to have to try a little bit more. And I have to get used to – I used to fly a lot with the smaller planes even. I didn't have the glass. So it's – even though it's right in front of me, and, of course, I'm looking out the window on – Well, Steve sort of Gage VFRing is... that way, and I forget we have synthetic vision, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's you know, true. Uh, look but, down and go, yeah, yeah, you could just look there. Just because I'm kind I'm of a luxury as well. And the old gauges. I would call it so. also a luxury, honestly, because that's the kind of stuff where, you know, it's not every plane that has this. If you're going to go right now with a PPL, you're not going to have everything that you'd have in this simulator, mostly with the planes. Yeah, you're not going to have that. You're not yeah. going to have like a G1000 or G3000. You're not going to have your synthetic vision. You're probably not even going to be on the glass cockpit. Right. You learn from the basics up, not the opposite. Um, otherwise, life would be easy. <laughs> it would be. But it is very interesting. Those who have the premium deluxe, I think that's where you get the 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 Cessna with the steam yeah. gauges. Oh, man. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I actually got it, because I was so used to that in FSX and, and previous that I was like, wow, I don't really know how. It's nice to know that within these Oof. few Oof, months right of having the new... What happened? Flight right just um, exceeded yeah, he, the limits of grounded. his plane. Oof. Rip. Wow, this scene looks awesome. Honestly, yeah, um, it does. This sorry, I'm babbling. Weird. But, uh, yeah, so I wanted the steam gauges. Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing. testing. To me. Yes. No, no issues. You're working. You're working. Testing, testing. Alright, we got him. Yep. Yay. That looks really nice, honestly. It does. I'm like, wow, this is... I mean, we're pretty we need to fly over some well. cities more often. Yeah, it's true. And we, we tend to forget, well, at least for me, I tend to forget, you know, the level of detail that's put into this. Uh, you do it a few times, then you start exploring the world, but we we see nature a lot. But, you know, all those houses and all those things are pretty realistic. You know, it makes yeah, me that's... think back a few years ago. Well, actually, not that long. No, it was yeah, it was, at the, it was on my way to the Flight Sim Expo. I was just taking off from Toronto in, uh, in a 737. Uh, don't worry, it was not the Max. <laughs> it was, I was, uh, I was looking. God, they didn't have the Max. Um, I think those were grounded by then. I, I, I don't know. Well, I was, um, I was taking off, and I was looking at the ground, and by then we were still with FSX. You know, FS20 was not something that was announced. Uh, it was, I think it was the first weekend of June in 2019. So it was very still FSX and P3D and X-Plane 
with your add-ons and all that stuff. And I was looking as we we're taking off, we we're getting further away from the ground. I was I was thinking about, you know, the scenery in FSX, how it's pretty flat, and how as you're going to high altitudes, everything becomes little cubes or little rectangles, which is different colors on it. It kind of made me wonder about some kind of even just basic procedural um, effect where you could create, you know, these different little shapes that we see as we go over residential and commercial areas. And without kind of like being a transition between what we have now and FSX. Um, and I kind of thought, you know, it's, it's just this kind of geometry just gets smaller, level of details, all of those could go well together. And then it, it barely took a year for for this reflection to end up in a product that we can all play now. I find that pretty yeah, pretty much uh, very, very interesting <laughs> at the very least because hey, I didn't know back well, then. But yeah, no, I, I, we're working I, on that. You said it was around June. So were you there when the trailer? Wasn't that roughly when the trailer was announced? Wasn't it, was uh, it June or May? Can't quite remember exactly. Well, I did know, but that during the flight sim expo, that was 2019. So because I think that they announced, I think they announced. Didn't they announce the trailer? Like I, I'm pretty sure E3 or whatever was in May or June of 19. So we had that whole year of of waiting <laughs> for a year and a few months. Yep, uh, a lot of wait, but honestly, I think it was worth it. Yeah, E3, oh, yeah. June 11th, and ended June 13th. So that was... That's right around you. Yeah, so that was pretty much almost during or at that moment. Um, you know what's sad is, being in Florida, I just, I kind of lost complete touch with flight simming, to be honest. I had issues with the hardware and stuff like that, but I kind of got bored or whatever, and the shame is that I could have easily gone to that Flight Sim Expo, and I have a feeling if if this trailer would have come out first, let's say it would have come out in May, it probably would have. I probably would have got to go. So now I think the new one is in Las Vegas, isn't it? The, the supposed next one. Well, I think planned? it was this one who was in Las Vegas. The next one is in San Francisco, uh, San ah. Diego. My bad. I was going to say San Francisco, but ah, it's even further from me. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's the difficulty. But again, I think there is a, a question about um, when. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Yeah, I was San Diego. Yeah, um, all of this is sadly. I think Flight Simex was going to be probably mixed between maybe a few physical events, but half online. That is probably what they're going to go for, just because you know yeah. COVID's not going to be done a year from now. I don't expect things to change that much, even if there is any kind of vaccine, all that stuff. Won't go into that kind of stuff, but very honestly, it's, it's not going to go away right now like this. So I would expect a lot of these things just to be online as well, and it would not be worth the traveling for me personally, budget-wise and time-wise. I mean, time-wise is probably fine, but like for what you're getting, you really want to get you know the most out of it if you cannot get the most out of it because a lot of that experience is physical you walk between different booths you talk with people you experience products those are part of the things that makes flight sim expo great um and of course going with your friends um and just enjoying life in any new part of the us or wherever it's hosted that's kind of cool as well you can explore the area so 
fun. So yeah, that, that's part of the experience. So if, if you're stuck in a half online, half wear your mask and stay in your hotel room, I don't feel like that's really worth no. what it would be, no. you know. So, experience, yeah. so I really would think that it would be, you know, at least a year or two from now where I would really see a flight to Mexico being like the one we had in 2019. And then from there, probably have even more fun. But by that moment, you know, by the moment we get to 2022, 2023, um, you know, the Sim will be released on Xbox. The Sim will have more functionalities. It will have its multi-screen uh, support. It will have its shared cockpit. It'll have all those features. VR, which is coming now in in about 20 days, I think. Yeah, roughly, yeah, 20 days. So that's pretty darn cool. There's all of these features that we're going to get since then. Um, so Flight Sim Expo will become very interesting uh, from that moment onwards. Um, because yeah. like it's such like to to one. a widespread consumer reach with the Xbox, with Microsoft. You know, 1 million players in the first month kind of tells you the kind of growth you're getting. One month, of yeah. course, it includes all the subscriptions, all the, the direct payments through Steam or through the Microsoft Store. Um, so it's we, we don't know where we are right now. That'd be cool to get maybe you know at the end of the year since August 18th we had uh, if we had another uh, kind of milestone and see how many people are are playing, how many people uh, are flying, what's the favorite destination where everyone flies, and so on. That would be a cool kind of thing to to see how, what what the trend is in terms of who's buying uh, the sim, who's flying how many hours are being flown, because that would also be an indicator for companies if it's worth really investing into this market that's growing. Flight simulation is growing. Um, we can see even with DCS, there's a few more companies which are starting to develop products for. Um, here we're seeing a lot of companies going with Flight Sim 20. So I'm expecting Flight Sim Expo to grow at the same time. We're gonna see more cool products uh, from, from a lot of the companies. So it's going to be even more exciting, I think, is that that reach. And it's probably also going to be kind of a different product because, and I kind of wanted to talk about this. I didn't mention uh, in, the, in the notes file, but there's also this thing where flight simulation is also going mobile. And that's kind of explains uh, future, where, where at least they, they're going right now, where they're developing most of their efforts into. Um, so they're going towards the mobile segments. They're developing for this. I know that Austin Myers even um, went with, at some point, a rocket simulator with SpaceX. Oh. He kind of made something. It was kind of cool. Um, I know Scott Manley um, kind of showed it. Scott Manley is, uh, is a YouTuber from California who talks a lot about space news and, and everything space. So he showed that. I found that interesting to, to, to see this guy suddenly show up um, in space stuff because I, I wouldn't believe anyone to be uh, to see aviation coincide so directly with aerospace. Uh, so that's where it seems, you know, where it's going. Mobile, which is kind of a mix between portable devices and a simpler interface and simpler simulator 
because it's on a smaller device. But it's not that different from an Xbox version, where you only have so much control. Because, well, I mean, an Xbox in this point is the same as a PC specs-wise, so your graphics will be pretty similar. But what I'm also referring to is the method by which you control your plane. I know there's going to be controllers, joysticks, uh, yokes for Xbox, but not everyone's just going to buy those if you if they just want to fly casually. They'll be using a controller, a Bluetooth controller, the same way you could do with your phone. So in a sense, the Xbox segment is kind of competing with the X-Plane mobile segment. So I see that as a another market that could come up for the future. And okay. I think that's going to be interesting to see where that goes forward. Uh, because flight simulation goes or into the very detail and complex part of it, where you see DCS with a lot of focus on the planes. You see DCS with... Uh, I forgot the name of... Um, of some of the companies that make those, but you have also PMDG for the simulator here. Um, and then you have the more simpler planes, the ones that you can buy for 10, 15 bucks that are around um, and have that kind of experience with an Xbox controller on your PC or mobile slash Xbox. So those yeah, two big segments are the big ones. And I think those are what's going to be growing. And in a sense, I think even though x well, you know, opinion-wise, I'm not very fond of, of how this is going because mobile, while it's cool, I don't think it's very viable for me as a flight simulator. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like the way you have to control the aircraft. You've got thumbs and fingers and dials. And it, for me, it's a lot of mine is about being able to see and being able to control it. And for me, that's way more than half the battle. If I can see... Or if I struggle, that I have to put so much thought into every single movement to get the slightest bit of control, stability, or the view that I, I want or need, I, turn, I just don't like it. So yeah, and for it's me, I've had small. a lot of problems with it. Yeah, it's small. and It's pretty it, small. I Controls, I don't, hitting that right button is difficult. So yeah. for me, it's not the market I'd be interested in, but I think it's also a very good way to... Uh, to introduce people to the world of yeah. flight simulation. And if they're interested in going further, then they would see, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Uh, they could get it through the pass or buy it straight away and, and try it. And if they don't like it, you know, refund uh, or stop the subscription. And that's a way I see we'll get a lot more players. Xbox as well. If it's cool, they want to go further, they'll probably get it for their computers if they have a good one. Um, and actually... It, performance is actually getting a lot better even on budget computers nowadays. So um, just wait another year, and I don't think there'll be a lot of issues on, well, on budget PCs. Well, speaking with uh, the performance and budget PCs and all that, it's really interesting the the market, the difficulties and the strains that we're seeing in the market on the hardware. And so many people everywhere, you're seeing it on forums, on Reddit, on Discord, I'm just seeing it everywhere on Twitter that it, whether it's the video card, the GPUs, or whether it's the peripherals, there is just this huge, huge demand. And you'd have to say, unless it was, you know, planned shortages, which I don't think it is, it's just this immense interest. And the simulator is really, really well, causing shortages. I and, think what uh, used to be a niche is not niche anymore, or at least not at the same level. 
no. It seems like their expansion hopes seem to have panned out pretty well, and this is obviously before Xbox comes. So it's going to be interesting to see how these manufacturers actually try to meet you know, A, are they going to try to meet the demand? Obviously, you think, yes, they would. Or are they going to do that PlayStation thing where it's slightly underproduced so that the demand and the story of shortages and the sold-out moniker, it's kind of a bit of a cachet there where you're, oh, yeah, it's still sold out nine months later. Part of that is because they can't meet the demand, and part of that sometimes is because they don't want to. Or they like that, they like that element of the mystique of of difficulty in getting it and the lengths that people will go to, quite frankly, they'll pay more money. I've seen a few people with the Bravo throttle quadrant supposedly on eBay, and it's up over $600 oh, when it's man. a $249.99 list price item. I've also seen the Honeycomb Yoke at 500 Yeah, that's crazy. So CPUs, it's, it's going to be interesting as they that's try sorry. to keep up with demand. I just want to say those wind farms are crazy. Um, that's a lot of wind farms. Like, look at all those windmills. You know, I'm always oh wow, I'm always surprised by them because, like I said, I flew in Wyoming uh, last night, and it was just a nice touch to look over and there's something else moving. You know, like I said earlier about the boats or some people were mentioned trains, and it's nice to once in a while to look down and see a car. That is a a bit much there off to the side, but. It is nice once in a while you're flying out in the Shetland Islands or something out in the boondocks, and lo yeah. and behold, if there's there something true, moving down there, yeah. Like wow. that kind of density at the bottom is fine, but I think they've kind of gone over the board. Probably something. Uh, we bit close know. together, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably way too close. They need to check that algorithm, I think. Yeah. Yep. But I, I do know it's, it's a matter of. Uh, well, it's, it's pretty easy to fix from what uh, I've seen. It's it's just making sure they're aware of it. So that's probably a bug report I'll do. Um, that's true. But I found that was... Uh, an, oh, and it's it keeps going. <laughs> it's not over. Look at that. Wow. Uh, generating a that's lot of some, power for San Francisco. Yeah, I was going to say, they must be really, really having some great... Uh, I know that they don't, but low bills there. Worth the detour, I think. Um <laughs> Well, you know, with the new GPUs out, they do have a lot of, they do take a lot of power. So I would kind of oh, assume that you'd need that number of windmills for, for powering your Maybe computer. they threw that in there as a benchmark test there. <laughs> and video's like, throw in a few extra and see how it handles it. So. Oh, man. But yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> oh man. I guess, I guess when you're rich and you're trying to make a difference energy-wise. <laughs> yeah, gone nuts, that's, yeah, that's how you make a difference, guys. Invest in renewable yeah. energies. Oh, wow. This guy just bought sure. this little piece of land right here. Used it to its max efficiency. Can't complain there, right? I couldn't count those all. That's that's honestly a lot. Okay, back that's on track. Too many. It, it is too many. Like, <laughs> But it's nice with the clouds and the lighting. Yeah, they're fun to look. I just like the fact that something else is actually out there moving. That you look down and it's independent of the clouds and it's kind of neat, especially if you're in some long, lonely stretch and they throw in a couple of those. I'm like, oh, they're moving. I forgot. So sometimes it'd be cool if you're flying, you know, 
and there's a few ships. It'd be kind of neat to look out and see a, a wake and, a, you know, one of the big oil tankers or something moving down below. Not too many, because then it would be a little bit ridiculous, but yeah, I'm sure they'll put it in. Who knows what's coming up with the new... I have high hopes for the uh, new effects engine or whatever you want to call it that they're, they're yeah, bringing out. Yeah, their so new, their new engine, yeah. Well, the they, they mentioned in the in the uh, the update that we had today. It's not a sim update. It's the usual development update. So that's the one that's posted on the website every Thursday. Um, and this week's interesting. They are mentioning they're putting a lot of efforts on improving the visual effects system performance. So now it's all about optimizing and making sure it runs the way it's supposed to run. And then it'll be fully operational, I think, at this point. Um, and the editor, it's on its first basic Ooh. functional version, so that means that the the UI is still pretty bare bones, but it's probably just enough to make it really work. So it's probably their first true beta, where everything works, and now you improve on that. So it's pretty nice to see we're at this level because we could kind of gauge, you know, how quick they're working on it. Um, and you know, that's software development. It's it's not an easy thing. And the reconfinement in France didn't help with that, but at least mm -hmm. it's uh, it's good. That's good. Um, they they're working on it. Another thing which is added also is the scenery editor side. They finally added height map uh, modifications, so those will be able to be added. That's something that developers have been asking for. Height map is technically a texture that instead of containing colors to represent a physical area the color represents a data and that data is the height of the terrain so if you were in a ravine you'd see different colors going from white to black or depending on how uh, you want to visualize it there's different colors and between those colors you get a different value you know white and black could be between zero and one and then all the values between tell you the difference and then you can multiply that by a number which gives you uh, your altitude and, and feet or meters and from that you could apply that to a scenery instead of manually modeling every detail kind of like between what photogrammetry gives you and modeling it's kind of like a between version i would say um but that's that's very useful because now people can incorporate um some kinds of photogrammetry directly into uh, scenery components in an easier uh, method or only using certain components of, of measurements. So I found that pretty cool. Um, and that kind of shows that, you know, developers are listening to this and it's pretty quick as well. That has only been uh, shown well or requested about three weeks ago, I think. So pretty quick, you know, I find that pretty cool. Um, other stuff, honestly, they just mentioned how big the third-party community is going. Um, so far, they had 229 airports that have finally been released on the platform. So that's a lot. They only have 74 in-store. Um, the rest is outside, so in-store means the marketplace. Uh, the other ones are probably on you know, Flight 1, uh, Aerosoft, and all those other platforms, or even freeware, I guess, because that that includes every plane, uh, every plane, every scenery, uh, airport. Um, lots of numbers, so I'm just gonna skip. Um, 
They have 12 aircrafts that has been released on the marketplace with 55 uh, that also have been announced. Uh, 20 aircrafts are not announced, but there's information coming up on it. So there's some stuff that's planned. So, you know, a total of around 70 aircrafts. Some could be the same because different companies may be making the same. Uh, the way we've seen, for example, um, we've seen the Concorde. That is something that we've seen uh, by two or three different companies. And, well, I can't wait to see shared cockpit with that. That would be cool. But that means, you know, the numbers might mean a few different things. Um, otherwise, update, you know, they're talking about also about the scenery. 34 has been released. Eight scenery add-ons are in the store. Uh, those are probably just the payware. But that's pretty cool. Uh, they also mentioned how they're always um, continuing on improving with different people. And in this case, they're working with Working Title and Fly-By-Wire. Uh, they started communicating with them, and they're working more on it. Um, for example, in the last update, they had a, a bug with the autopilot that came up as a result of the update. Um, a quick patch was sent out to fix that, and the next update will also completely um, solve that issue. So we're seeing cooperation between Asobo and third-party devs. I find that really exciting. And, you know, as we're getting close to Christmas, I'm sure they're rushing to get some products out. Um, I don't know if I'm uh, you've seen stuff about the the CRJ, right? Aerosoft? Have you? Probably not. Um, CRJ... Yeah, I have. I actually yeah. have. They, they started talking about the pricing. And... Um... But they were releasing a little bit of that pricing. It looks like it must be very, very close to uh, release. I, I wonder if they're trying to get it out for Christmas, do you think? Because the pricing is, is out remember. today. So. Well, pricing doesn't mean much. No, but, but sometimes it, tells it you indicates that... You they're know, getting somewhere. Actually. I wonder what that loud sound was. There we go. It's so cool, the environmental sounds. I'm like, there's a huge aircraft... There's like like a 747 or something right by me, and lo and behold, what do we have? An A380 that's right by me. Uh, 747. Yes, we do. Or oh, really? you probably have. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a yeah I'm seeing an yeah, AI A380. Mm -hmm. I keep yeah. forgetting. Yeah. Oops, I got a bend here. Yeah, I see we're turning a little bit. Yep. Actually, yeah, we're we're getting we over. A little bit. I know we're a little high, but we've just uh, flown or about to fly over uh, Mapes Ranch. Yes. Yeah, and Modesto and And why is that on the on the flight plan? What's special? It's not really it's, uh, I think we're a little bit I think the original flight plan we were a little bit south, just immediately south, heading east uh, of Modesto. And that would kinda take you Apparently there's an airport around here. I just cannot see there's it. There's a couple at all. of them, yeah. I see Mapes Ranch is a little strip and I see another one that's it doesn't have a name of it, though. It's markered. It's difficult to see to anything, because all these fields are very rectangular. <laughs> so yep. you could yep. use technically anything as a runway. Runway, yeah. Is Any one of these dirt roads. I don't know if he's, because he's about... As a matter of fact, you know what? I have these on the flight plan, because I thought if we were going to try to do a little rinky-dink kind of landing, these are the two that were on it, I think. Am I right? If you look at the little nav map. Uh, we have Mapes Ranch or... and Yandel Ranch. Yeah. Well, I don't remember the names, but I remember that they were right before 
Modesto and we're pretty much in that area. So yeah, I had those on there. It's more of a directional. Sometimes I'll add an airport with the idea that um, but yes, it's it is more right on the course that I want to, kind of on the heading that I want to go because it's directing me towards a further destination that I'm interested in. So sometimes I'll throw those in there. But we've had some fun in some of the streams where we've done an impromptu landing and we have a few things coming in the future that that's might part make of the that, goal. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to Always. figure out because there's there's three airports right around here and I cannot see any of them. I just passed over two. Try, yeah, flying try Bull to is one. The third one. Yes. Hotel Ranch. Flying Bull is the one um, I'm trying to figure out right now. It should be right on my left. Well, exactly. Oh, is it just, this? Yeah, it's it's to it's like your seven o'clock. Could be this probably. little thing. Um, I'm just passing it right now. There's Wesley in front of us. I didn't see that one when I made the plan. But um, slow down a bit and watch that. Yeah, yeah that looks like fast. a runway, a uh, grass oh. runway. Um, of course, a building right at the end. Never a smart idea to have a building at the end of the runway. Yeah, Wyoming has a. Oh, I don't know what they're. It's a kind of a light. It's red. It's projected up. It's usually at very large airports. And they had it. Uh, they had it at the end of the runway last night, and I thought, "Wow, I'm going to crash into this." But yeah, I just chucked these on the on the flight plan because I thought it would be fun to. Yeah, I'm if I was a little bit one. lower, I wish I was a little lower, I would uh, give it a try here. Yeah, it's difficult to go down a bit. Uh, yeah, the caravan can be a little bit hard to slow down. Del Mar Farms is directly in front of me, but I'm many thousands of feet too high, so. That's well, if you want to absolutely kill your speed, just go full flap straight away. If you don't have crash settings, I don't think it'll destroy your plane much. It's actually very difficult to, to situate yourself. Those oh man, altitudes. it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm way too fast. Yeah, I'm over 200, so let's let's not die. Oh, but I did cut my engine way back. That managed to get me pretty good, but not great enough to... Matter of fact, I'm flying directly over. It's quite a nice little, nice little strip there. I like the farmland. looks cool. We'll have to gain some altitude as we begin to hook a little bit east now. Once we round uh, on the map where you see Modesto, we can kind of head a little bit east. And that will take us towards what will be Yosemite. Yeah. Also, um, I will have to cheat a bit on the weather because I did not plan the fact that uh, the sun sets that quickly. Yeah. I, I, I set mine at like 1.30 instead of 3.30. I initially started at 3.30. But, man, it, it sets so quickly. I'm like, are we yeah, that it's... far north? But, yeah, we are. Further north than you would expect, perhaps, when you think of sunny California. I just think of Southern California. But me being in Florida, I'm hanging off the end of the the end of the country, so my perceptions of north and what's really considered north is two totally different things. Well, if it can snow in December, Colorado. then I would consider it north. We'll just go with that. Get some of my speed back up. Oh, okay, so... Check. 
feels kind of like last time when I flew. Sometimes my oh. garments would suddenly refresh and it would kind of happen again. Uh, but okay. it's still frozen, so. At least I still get a bit of a, like everything kind of refreshed at least once. I don't know, it's maybe when it touched down? Hmm. I don't know, I'll have yeah. to figure out more about that. Yeah, I just took a, a bit of a hook towards, uh, with y'all. Yeah, everybody's kind of going that way now, that's cool. We're heading, heading in the general direction. Yep. Uh, heading... We can say, like, heading 070. Yeah, I'm at 072, so we're good. You know what I noticed, though? I'm not managing my fuel burn very well, and I'm not quite sure if it is a, a caravan issue. Because I had the mixture pulled back pretty far, but I seem to be burning through a ton of fuel. Does anybody else notice that? Uh, probably ate what? about... I don't know how many percent I ate through, honestly, and I can't... Eight. Mine, I can't trust my fuel there. quantity in that Garmin, um, yeah. but like everything's at 100% for me, so I'm probably eating up a line of fuel as well. Yeah. Luckily, I stored cargo as a uh, a little bit of uh, uh, what I call a bladder tank, so that uh, I can add some fuel in the middle of the flight if I've mismanaged my... I just take a certain amount of weight and convert it to pounds, and then when I need to... Yeah, honestly, I would love to have those things. And even I like floaters, you know, fuel tanks, something that you can just drop afterwards or yeah. put. Platter tank. Platter you know. tank. It's what I've seen them use a lot in some of these videos. Like I said, I watched. I yeah. wish I. I'm going to remember someday to find this guy's name. This old guy flies from Hawaii in a twin engine. And he's got a huge, you know, bladder tank in the back, and he's got this long, long, like, ultra VHF whatever, kind of like a copper wire that he literally strings out the back of the plane because at some point he still needs to communicate, like, every hour his approximate, you know, his position and his altitude because he's literally outside of the normal realms of, you know, radio range. But he's literally flying 2,400 miles in a plane that probably only has about, I don't know, 1,600, 1,500 range. So he's really adding an incredible amount of range with these. Well, maybe it's a little more. Maybe it's maybe it's 1,800, and he's adding you know 600 pounds of fuel in a in a bladder tank. So I just kind of copied that, yeah, figured that's... out how many gallons, you know, what the weight was, six pounds a gallon, roughly. It's true. Of... You're halfway to Hawaii. No one can hear you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw him where one time That's he had true. to turn back. He was halfway to to California, and because he could not report the VHF or UHF or whatever it was he had, it wasn't working. He had to turn back, and it was right at the point where, you know, it was from this point forward. You know, it's it's decision time. Either you continue or he turned back, and he couldn't make the communication that they said was required, so he had to turn back and try another day. And he's not young. I would venture to say he's in his late 60s. He could even be, like, in his 70s. I was like, wow, oh, wow. this guy is brave. I, I, Some I wish people I was love better the risk. This is wow, part of the, of the job of bush flying, you know. He also did, if I'm not mistaken, 
Brazil to Senegal. Oh, wow! I mean, really? I was, yeah, that's... he's on you. He's on YouTube. He's German or Austrian or. I was like, boy, this guy's got guts to stay. He's happy as a lark and. Yeah, like, it's just wow, him, this... right? He's his personality yeah. is like that. Confident and happy, and I'm like, dude, one hiccup and you are just in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So. Well, I'm guessing if you know how to fly your plane, as you've been used to it for so many years. And there's there's a yeah. few of the stories, you know, you just live in your plane and the plane is you and at the end those risks are I'm not gonna say yeah. they don't exist, but you you're so comfortable with the plane and you understand how it flies that there's you're gonna be able to handle that kind of situation and you'd be yeah. smart enough not to let yourself get into that situation. Maintenance, fuel planning, weather planning, you know, all that stuff. That he really, really did well. He really planned way ahead of time and, you know, every little eventuality that he could think of. And I just thought the idea, there you are in this little plane, halfway between Africa, halfway between South America. It's like, wow, that takes guts. It does. But when you believe, you know, he believes in his aircraft, like you said, and he's a good pilot and he has faith and he just did it. He's amazing. I wish I, gosh, I wish I could remember his name. I'll have to go back and look him up. It's been a little while since I've seen some of the videos. Because at first I didn't believe it. I'm like, well, how's he going to make it? This plane's never going to reach. And I didn't know what system he had for extra fuel. I didn't see, you know, tip tanks or then he shows this huge, like, orangey red rubber looking bladder in his back seat. And he's got these piping and valves and I was like, wow, this is really involved. But it's the obviously it's the only way you could do it. So I thought of that in some of my ideas to go around the world in this aircraft. I thought, well, there's a couple stretches. I can't make it. So or I can't make it the way I want to. I'm trying to make it quite difficult. And um I'm over water a lot. And so um, I thought, you know what? What did the old guy did? Yeah, there is um, there's Viking zero zero nine one in chat who sent a link of probably the guy you're talking about, uh, Wolf Richtinger, Richtinger. Yeah. yeah. So and he sent the video in there, twenty two minutes, the first solo Pacific crossing in a Diamond forty two, twelve hours yes. alone in a small plane. Just, so that's like crazy, really. honestly. Yeah. With Freaked out when I saw it. Um, yeah, I'll share the video in event text for those interested. Uh, that's the one. Yep. But yeah, thanks for sharing that, Viking. Because uh, thank, thank you so much. I think that's deserves... what he was referencing. It. Yeah. Exactly what I was. Saying. That's that's him. Wow. And he deserves the. Yeah, it's and yeah, that's not the only one. Like I said, I think he has one in Africa as well, or from Africa. Mm-hmm. He's just and one of them was with his wife. She happy as a lark. Like in the middle of God only knows where and perfect having snacks, having drinks. Oh, it's drink time. It's drink time in the plane. <laughs> funny. Is, he even said, that... I have a system. If I have to go to the bathroom, I have a plan. <laughs> I have the bottle. <laughs> a lot of people obviously would ask, like, you're in a plane for 12 hours, however long. And it's like, well, what are you doing for? Are you just like, I guess you could purple? have a mini toilet at the back. <laughs> and you he could... kind of had a system rigged up there that he's like, I'm okay. Oh, man. I was like, well, it's amazing. I was just 
I think my mouth got dry from just sitting there staring at him. Like, didn't realize my my jaw had dropped. I'm like, what yeah. is this man doing? What? And yeah, so he literally kept going lives up. in the plane at this point. Yeah. Yes, it looks like it. It looks like it. When you see part of it, it's got you know bags everywhere and chips and and radios and wires and phones and you know food and drinks and I'm like. It's, if you didn't know better, it's like he's in an RV or in a bus. Yeah, I was gonna say he's camping in his in his plane while he's yeah, traveling. That's wow. quite literally. And yeah. then you realize you realize he's camping over a death-defying stretch of oh man, oh plane there. Well, it also shows you how amazing. Yeah, yeah, shows how amazing Amelia Earhart did that trip. She's the first person, man or woman, to make that flight in like nineteen. 19- Oh boy, obviously it's before 1937 because that's when she vanishes. So I want to say early 30s. Can you imagine without the sophisticated equipment that we have today and she made this flight? So it's. Well, the sophisticated equipment is a lot of safety, right? Now you have transponders and all that thing. Uh, Your plane is made of things that will allow to help you survive, kind of like cars where they absorb the impact. I know planes are mostly made for aerodynamics, but certain materials are better than others. And, you know, overall, the plane is built more for safety. I would say more of the uh, airliners are made for safety than general aviation. Uh, And the stats kind of show there's a lot more general aviation that crashes um, than airliners, which is concerning. um, But I'm guessing also a lot of people are learning. You're kind of sometimes alone on your plane and it's your decisions and, we don't always make very good decisions sometimes. So I can understand why the, the risk is much higher in, in a small plane compared to an airliner. But having like this, living your life in the plane, I'm guessing is kind of a model that people get used to in the same way that people, you know, they buy a truck or they buy a bus and they live, you know, they transform uh, the vehicle and they live in it and they travel that way. Um I'm guessing this is just an even more expensive way to travel because don't forget your landing fees, your parking fees, your fuel fees, your maintenance fees. I don't don't recall ever hearing. I was wondering what he did. He's probably retired, obviously, by now, but I I didn't really – I'm going to watch them again. I'm going to watch all of them again because I was so amazed by them that I missed so many details because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, And by the way, I did get little nav map up so I can kind of hop over there and have a look to see how we're doing and – we're pretty much coming up on course. This is called Three Tree Flat. Is this water that's uh, and there's a Modesto Reservoir on one side of the uh, of the Magenta Line, and I've got Three Tree Flat, which I'm going over right now. But we're coming up to a God. I hope I say this right. To Alumni City Airport. It's maybe I don't know 20, 30 nautical miles ahead. A little bit, uh, but it is kind of neat. I getting used to the little nav map. Thank you for talking about it to um, Tulalum City Airport. Oh my God! I yeah, that name. Yeah, Tuolumne. Tuolumne or Tuolum? I don't know if anything's silent, Tualumne. but definitely not an easy thing to say. Matter of fact, one of the things I wanted to say is there's an aircraft that they've added. And I know somebody that's flying with with us will know how to properly say it. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but I figure, I think it's called the T-45C. It's from India Fox 
Trot Echo, I believe oh, yeah. the company is. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Fox Echo, it, yeah. It looks like it could be pronounced Goshock or Goshock. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the uh the Ghost Hawk. The name of Ghost Hawk. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced. I was like, oh no. Because it is a Do Hawk I... land based training jet. Yeah, so I wasn't quite sure if I was going to pronounce it right, but it doesn't really matter. Somebody in here will be familiar with the aircraft. I did want to yeah, mention. Yeah, Craig, if, if you're listening, the the T-45, if, if you know how to pronounce it properly. Yeah. Uh, Please, let us know. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. I'm not yeah. familiar with it, so I'm really bad with military aircraft. I didn't really I'm having a bit of a dilemma. I don't know what to do, Faro. Should I continue oh. at night? No, yes. if I were you, I would, because you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss what's coming up at Yosemite. We definitely want to see that. I guess and, I can um, go night till then, and then I'll transition into some kind of a morning light then. But uh, that's why I started at three thirty, and I thought, wait a minute, two hours. Really what does nice. it look like at five thirty? Yeah, I, I kind of would like. I love what we're seeing. The twitch is fantastic. The lighting is beautiful. But I think by the time we get to Yosemite, it's going to be so dark you're not going to be able to enjoy the the views. And then we have something a little bit beyond that, which I'm definitely going to have to ne- reference little nav map for that because I um I am not quite sure what heading that is. I just, I know I added it, but I didn't analyze it as much. And I was wondering because I'm starting to think in my head how I'm going to change my setup a little bit I, as the throttle quadrant comes. Um, also, another thing, speaking of throttle, throttle quadrant and what my desk is going to need or whatever setup, I saw that they're, they've taken feedback from the community and they're going to make a Bravo throttle quadrant console that goes underneath. So it's going to attach to the, the Bravo throttle and then underneath it's going to have a flat console where you can put your mouse. Because some people are like, I don't quite oh, know how mean, to... Oh, like the desk clamp thing? Kind of, but it clamps to the underside of the throttle quadrant. So it's an extension, I believe, off of the quadrant itself at an angle where your hand would kind of rest and your mouse could go on this little pad. But in keeping with that, they also mentioned um, there, there are some people that are making adapters and things like that for the desk. They're making adapters for the top. Because when you put these two things together, there's going to be a nice flat surface. But it looks like they may be intending to actually create a G1000 type panel that will actually go on top of your honeycomb yoke and your honeycomb throttle quadrant. So you can have two big panels in front of you. One for, I guess, the Airbus or the, the Dreamliner or something like that. And another one will be a G1000. But... I began to think, I'm like, you know, I got to do something about my setup. And I thought, how can I best, like, have little nav map on something else that, like, this flight being the perfect reason that it would be nice to have, I don't know, like, um, I don't know if I want to try to get a tablet or how I want to do it. And I'm curious how people, if there are a lot of people out there that have multiple monitors. I know it doesn't support it in the traditional cockpit way, but... I'm just well, wondering how actually I it's access. funny because there is no official support for triple monitors or at least having multi-monitor support that right. is not yet there um there is many people who have just modified settings 
through their 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 Nvidia control panel, and we're able to make it um, a three monitor thing. Uh, the main reason why a multi-monitor support is not really there yet is mostly due to virtual cameras and, you know, they need to do VR first and there's just so many things and that's just not a priority at the moment. So that's right there. Um, but yeah, that's probably coming okay. up at some point. It's yeah. just a matter of time. Right now I'm just using the, you know, the alt tab and I'm jumping back and forth and I thought, God, it would really be nice to have something. Yeah. The way I can see the VR map here, it would be really cool if you could see that somehow. Well, I'm trying to figure out where the airport is. Tualoon? I'm actually Tualoon? flying right over. I, If you look at me, I'm about to go right directly over it. Ah. Just... Oh, oh you're really... You're the other side of that cloud. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just in that cloud myself, so... <laughs> 064 on a heading, which I may have to modify a little bit after this Tualoon city, oh, because I think it's slight, ever so slightly north of east to go to our next east. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird way to say <laughs> I mean, it is. my main oh, difficulty actually, is wrong. having visibility right now I'm, it's pretty yeah, totally wrong it is a bit south of due east that we need to go after we cross that airport I so just try that runway i just don't have a visual on anything yet it's getting dark really tight wow it looks like is it I a don't runway know what. that's capable? Because it's only like 1,600 feet. It literally looks like a gravel strip. It from what I could probably see. is. Yeah, that's what it looks like. A gravel strip. I wish I was lower so I could land at some of these. I just decided to get a little altitude for the mountains, but perhaps I will drop down a little bit. I think that's the last airstrip for a little while. I'm trying that uh, landing. It's just got to oh, cut man. as much altitude and speed as I can. I was at 9,000-something. Oh, is it this thing? Yeah, it Holy is that Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm I still a little high. Some, Let's do this. I picked some doozies, so. Well, you did pick a very, very small <laughs> runway. Well, it just happened to be it just happened to be on the trajectory that I wanted to go. It was kind of... Plus, also, sometimes I put them in there half as a joke in case you had an emergency. Mm -hmm. I like to try to make my flight plan have oh, a alternate. few. Yeah. Yeah, an alternate or just something that if you had to make an emergency landing, could you, would you, where would you? So I kind of throw those in even though I don't have failures. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have failures turned uh, on. But I'm just slightly worried because I have absolutely no indication of my speed right now. All I know is Oof. I'm just not stalling. So I have to be in third-person view. First-person view doesn't give me any information at all. And Let's see. That's not even a straight wow. gravel path. It kind of feels... Wow, those trees. It kind of feels like this is just a, a very rough, like, white trail. That's what it looked like from me. Or is for that me the when... runway? with the... No, that's a road right next. Okay, this is a very uh, weird path. Anyways, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to fully stop and manage my weather. Okay. Do, 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 How far do, do, back do. you are behind me? I probably can turn around. So I'm not... Okay. Getting too far ahead. So yes, the stars are turning. Turn. I wish we could use the scroll wheel to help with the... 
Okay. With we'll, what? We'll use that with the time. You know, you, I know it's a click and drag, but if you were to use a scroll wheel, you could probably be more precise. Yeah. Find adjustments, you know. I think that'd be cool. I do too. Okay. Um. Oh. Question, if you have to do a forced landing in the dark, would you turn your landing lights on or off? Well, if I was in the dark, I would want my lights on. Everything, yeah. um, <laughs> it's also, Everything. you know, Discman, it's also a standard procedure to turn on your landing lights below 10,000. I know that's at least for um, civil aviation, mostly airliners, but turn it on if you know yet. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> At the same time, it's also an indicator for other people. Because if you're landing into a strip that is not um, that is not illuminated at night, then you would want at least other people to know that you're around. So I would say at the very least, that's another indicator. Of course, you'll have uh, your strobes, your navs, so people will be able to see you. But those lights are pretty bright by default. So I would use that. Yeah, I had all my lights on for that previous landing, even my taxi, so I could see the gravel runway. Yeah, that and that gravel runway is not really visible regardless. Um, so, yeah, it's it's difficult. Right. Um, so yeah, guys, feel free to land at this. I'm gonna take off, and we'll get continue on our little thing. I did put my time now at uh, 6:49 a.m. in the morning, so it's just like if the sun never went entirely down. Let's say that. Ten more in Norway. But yeah, um, practicing some some landings at night, you know, is, is pretty interesting. It is something that I kind of want to do more often. I tend not to do enough, and maybe sometimes we'll we'll do some challenges like that. Um, why is my hmm. terrible? I have I have like eighty maybe 82 hours or something in the logbook, but I only have one hour and something at night. So. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's very little. Very little. Only flew a couple of times. Yeah, I should do that way more often, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I loved the night lighting the first time I did it, and then the the weird kind of Christmas lighting, I was like, ugh. Well, I yeah, I can understand that, and that's going to be fixed more and more as yeah, we go through uh, updates. So yeah, it's just a matter of uh, of going through it at all. I don't think it will matter too much in even a month or two because they've already fixed some of it. The rest is going to come in the next update under the form of um, lights that are going to be impacted by population density as well, things like that. So I'm expecting things to be less of a Christmas light. And don't forget as well, yeah. there are systems, just like rendering systems, where lights are so far apart, huh? apart that they're on the same pixel when you render on a screen. Mic check. Yep, got you loud and clear, bud. So nice the issue with having lights that are far away and on the same pixel is depending on your resolution and everything, how do you, what do you do? Do you kind of take an average value of both? Do you still try to render it all? It's going to be very bright and so on. So there's adjustments that needs to be made. So having those yeah. those lights, if you adjust by population density as well, that gives you a much better factor as to if someone lives there or not, not just on if there is a road or not. So it's less binary and more uh, based on data, which is great. Uh, difficulty now is implementing it 
they said they already had the data. Um, they mentioned in the uh, live Q&A, but yeah, it's just something that needs to be coded. So they said that was a pretty easy thing, which I believe they are right. In this case, it is not something I would find particularly difficult, but hey, why not? If they can do it. <laughs> Stw saying hello. I just help. joined. What's going on here? Who's hey, here? We're doing a bit of a group flight at the same time we're recording a podcast. So we're discussing a lot oh. of sim news, add-ons, technologies, how it's made, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That makes sense why everyone is being quiet. Yeah, well, feel free to collaborate, ask questions, and you know, you're, you're all welcome into this, right? It's uh, it's not just me and Far Isle. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, Are you a uh, <clears throat> moderator here? Yeah, I also moderate here, yeah. Copy that. Well, I'll try to be on my best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't do anything but... stupid and you're fine, honestly. It's, <laughs> right? uh... Yeah, it's, it's just a thing, honestly. So, yeah, think about Night Flight. I don't know if I would even do one on stream one day, but... It is definitely something I'm thinking of doing, if not online, offline. Yeah, I need to practice. Yeah, I need to practice more. Those those are fun, and you know the the sim is now able to really handle night. Something with FSX very. Uh, oh man, I, I kind of don't even want to think about it. But FSX was not really the best for night. Uh, you just couldn't see much, and already the frame rate kind of made it even more difficult. So it was yeah. a true challenge to land at night. Um, but I'm guessing the lack of visuals, because we're so used to seeing very nice scenery uh, in, in VFR, I kind of unconsciously don't want to do night landings because I don't see the beauty of the simulator and the way it's made and, and all the details, the lighting and all that stuff. So in a sense, I'm kind of in a way biased towards staying during the day where I can enjoy the scenery. Uh, but it's, uh, it's something I'm yeah. definitely going to have to to work on now i crashed quite well at night but uh <laughs> and i think that lingering yeah don't fly at night you're you're guaranteed to yeah be terrible yeah. so it's not, when you're it's, go ahead when you're flying at night it's cool when you're near the cities and you can like you're coming in for landing and you see the street lights and everything and the buildings yeah. lit up but when you're out in the middle of nowhere you know and there's no city mm. around it's just like pitch black so i feel you on that flying cookie yeah. where you're just like well, i can't see any you're just flying in blackness <laughs> which oh it's realistic but it's not very much fun especially when you're uh, you enjoy the scenery so much, and this game has a lot to offer when it comes to the, the yeah. scenery. I'm guilty. I'm guilty as well of the of the scenery thing because it's like my my way. Long before this year came and sidelined so much of our plans, but it's just I just wanted to see parts of the world that I always dreamed of going and wasn't sure I would ever get there. So part of the fun of the sim for me was just being able to see. But like you said, at night, and I also didn't fly the aircraft that had the G1000. And so if you didn't have any synthetic vision of any kind, and you're oh, yeah. flying in these places that are pitch black, you're like, I can't see anywhere to land. I can't tell if it's sky or the ocean. Or right? Yeah, I'm, yeah exactly. I'm about to you know, hit, an, hit well, the ocean. There are things called VFR maps. You know, They exist. Yeah. They tell you... Yeah. 
the altitudes of everything. You can still use some navigation at worst if you want to go back to some IFR and figure yeah. out the closest via. Uh, I would do it. VR. I would do it in Florida. You know why? If you depart due east in South Florida, and you just use your heading and uh, make that turn no, due west, no. you cannot miss. It's too easy for you. It's too easy. Yeah. You know that area. You can't do it this way. I would do it there because I figured I can't see anything. And I wasn't used to IFR where you literally couldn't see a thing. anything. So mm -hmm. It's so freaky to take off and get far enough out into the ocean, you know, especially straight ahead, that I'm like, oh my God, now I have to use the gauges just to make sure I'm, you know, I'm not turning, I'm not descending, I'm not going crooked, I'm not. So literally, I remember the very first time I did it, I'm like, wow, this is a little bit scarier. I can't imagine in real life. So it was like, wow, this is this is nerve-wracking. Can I make the turn? And, of course, then once you turn due west, you can't miss Florida. But there for a few minutes, you're in complete blackness. You don't know the sky from the ocean. You see absolutely nothing. And you're just looking at those six inst instruments to try to maintain. Yeah. The synthetic yeah. vision makes life so much easier. It's I joke around when, I, when I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm cheating. I'm cheating because I can see where I'm going. But if I replace that with just a, a, a you know, horizon. I would just like, call wow. it more safety at worst. Um, That's absolutely what it is. I just, for myself, I joke like, oh, wow. You know, I could just look in the, just look at the G1000 and I'm safe. I want so to go back to the, to the night uh, thing in the sim because as CW mentioned how in the old sims it was difficult to fly at night. And he's mentioning it's probably due to the render distance. Um, I kind of want to add to that. Render distance is probably one thing, but at night, it doesn't. there's no difference between night and day in terms of what needs to be rendered. The objects are still going to be rendered. I think the real difference in there is how do you not show light? Because when it's dark, your eyes adapt to the brightness of your screens, and how dark it is outside, and so on. And so that dynamic range between uh, what your eyes can do, what your screen can do, is very different. Um, and the difficulty is how you look in the cockpit and then you switch to your outside. You get so many different levels of brightness. It's very difficult for a screen that already needs to show brightness, unless you're on an OLED panel, uh, on an OLED TV or monitor. Um, then you can't really have that that same depth and even OLEDs are not able to go that far. Uh, so that's one of the difficulties. Another one is how do you really make it dark while showing items as bright without them being just so blown out that it's just rendered as white, as a big white circle um, in the distance. That's also very difficult. Um, so, you know, I would say that's, that's an issue. Um, and yeah, that's that's what you're saying, you know. It's it's difficult to find an airport far away at night just because of some of those things. I'm thinking FSX also had difficulties just because of performance. So in this case, render distance would probably have an impact, just because it's FSX. Also, thanks okay. for the altitude thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know really. Well, I mean, I'm a safe distance from the mountains, that's for sure. Apparently, I'm at ten thousand feet. Yeah. Let's I'm, see a little nav map. I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. 10,500. Hmm. Definitely need to 
Yeah, trying to get back bit. on course a little bit, yeah. A little bit crooked. Yeah, you have a big uh, Z right there. Yeah. On the... Well, that Z is, there's a couple of points of interest there that um, when I added those from, I created it in little nav map, and then I added, when I went into MSFS, I was like, oh, these POIs are here, so let me add those in. And it made that that Z pop up there in the mm -hmm. in the middle. So what heading what heading are you on, Cookie? Uh, well, right now I'm going for waypoint two, so I'm about a heading of like 105, 100. Ah, okay, so you're a little bit. I'm getting back on course. I went a little bit uh, too far south, so I'm just about to get online. For waypoint two, so I would say in a way it. it's kind of like true VFR with a VFR map check every fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm like I'm not used to doing this, so I quite like this. It's actually neat. I'm at zero eight six, and I'm about to intercept that line. So let me see if I'm right on it now. No, nope. still need to go a little bit. Wow, you know what's so funny? Left. I can you know see from my outside view. I can see my uh, my flight displays my garments and oh, i can... but you can't see them inside yeah i want to go into this view oh actually it works now okay well half of it works um okay my torque is apparently very low which is not true um i can at least turn now but of course i'm not getting speed or altitude right now ah okay that's at least it's an improvement i'll say but, um, oh, that's so weird. I've never had that happen. I've had other oddball things happen, but I haven't had that one. I did well, have the stupidity <laughs> of being in the King Air, and I'm flying along. And Now, in the beginning, they had the problem where the avionics shut off. Then they said they fixed it, so I tried to test flight, because I hadn't used the plane very often to begin with. And the avionics shut off, and I went, well, they didn't fix it. And then I realized I had the alternator switch off. So after so however long it was, I drained the battery. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's smart. <laughs> so I didn't realize when I looked down, I'm like, oh, my switch, did I bump it? or That'd be a bad thing to do in a real flight, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I don't have my points of interest turned on in the simulator. I don't ah, get those weird that's things. That's why you don't but... understand. Yeah, so Yosemite is coming up. We're having um, looking... El Capitan and Half Dome. Yeah, but I'm looking at up. Waypoint 2. Is it a lake or something that you were showing there? Or is it just um, to get close to the area? I cannot remember why Flight Simulator stuck that Waypoint 2 in there. So I'm not sure if Waypoint 2 is the first. Let me let me look at a little map map for a minute. Eh, I'll just go straight to... Uh, no, actually, I don't know Capitan. why it stuck it there. But, um, yeah, because El Capitan is a pretty good turn to the uh hmm. funny uh, what is it north we have someone named le petit prince in the background down there oh uh, nice sunday's fear what's his name Saint-Exupéry. Exupéry. Yeah. yeah terrible friend. Exupéry. Ah. yeah oops now we go back petit now. prince a very good book uh <clears throat> a lot of people analyze it if you're studying french for example yeah. i have it in audiobook to listen Unfortunately, I don't understand all of it because it's really weird. I learned French on my own pretty much, so I my ears didn't hear somebody answering me back. So I could read some, I could write some. 
I could say what I needed to say, but the moment you answered me back to tell me something like, you know, do this, do that, blah, blah, I couldn't understand. <laughs> well, the so, lang languages are difficult. Yeah, when you learn alone, it's it's a it's much better to have a conversation. Well, Somebody you conversate with, obviously. As I go closer it. to um, Yasubaito Capitan right there, um, the scenery probably loaded better because it, it got to a to a new level of detail, but it kind of dropped a bit. That's <laughs> kind of uh -huh. funny. But like this <clears throat> structure and uh, well the this rock formation right there kind of jumped down a bit. Found it quite ah, so you're a little bit better off than I am. Where are you? Let me see. Ah, you're over there. Okay. Let's try to slow down a bit. Yeah, so you did it again. Yes. Jumped. Let's yeah, it's easy down. to it's easy to really go at a good clip in this plane and zip right by stuff. So. Oh man, this thing yeah. looks really good. And then you have a horrible mountain right on the other side right here. Oh, oh they butchered it on this side. But if I'm not mistaken though, Yosemite's quite a distance ahead of us still, so that must be a nondescript mountain. So the point of interest is still a bit ahead. So I don't think this area maybe got the love and attention that we're gonna see. It still up looks yonder, really good. A little bit. Yeah, still. Still decent. I'm just making a big turn here to. Man. Yeah, there it is. What's up ahead? What they doing here? It's in this canyon. I, I've never been here, so I'm waiting for the scenery to load as well. I'm sure there's a bit of a. <clears throat> yeah. A little bit of a scenery delay. You hear squeaking. My dog has decided to play with her uh, Halloween toy. <laughs> Are you a lot lower than I am, Cookie? Maybe I need to descend a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm right 11, around those, those peaks so. right now. I mean, it is like a small valley, right? Yeah. And then everywhere There's else is just dome. the same mountains, so it looks like it's a yeah. big plateau, but it's basically just tons of mountains, and suddenly you have this valley. Yeah. Got half dome off to my right. Let me swerve over there and have a look. So it's only about four and a half nautical miles away. It's a nice yeah. valley for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's one of the most famous. Uh, I think Ansel Adams has some really super famous photography that he did in this area. And um, of course, with El Capitan, that's the location of. Well, that's the location for the movie um, Free Solo that I told you about for the climber Alex Honnold. And he literally climbed this 3,000-foot base with no ropes, no wires, no clamps, wow. no net, nothing. And you, when they, oh. I just, you know, he lives because I saw interviews afterward. But I'm telling you, I caught myself holding my breath in that movie, like, oh God, no, 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 because literally it looked like he was grabbing about three or four millimeters of rock on his fingertips his toes were barely on the and it was just a sheer straight drop there's nothing to stop him there's nothing to protect him i was like this is unreal so <clears throat> wow how film looks risk. good yeah it's crazy yeah the thing looks pretty decent honestly yeah i like it 
And you can see the size of the thing compared to like the buildings or the roads. It's this thing is massive. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, and, and, he's, and he also river. climbed this. I don't know if he climbed it free solo, but... Wanted to go see the river here. And it does have a little fall right there. That's kind of cute. I'm going to go up and see. Oh, there we go. It's oh, I'm getting like... icing. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting some, some too. I've got some icing. Oh, no. Where, okay, let's go where? back to the half dome. Because I kind of had a little sneak peek. I need to put... Oh Some wow, that pizza. looks really good with the sun down there, lighting the. Wow. Oops. Trying to <clears throat> take away some of the ice here. There we go. Yeah, it looks it's beautiful. Wow, the scenery is fantastic here. And if you do a straight, if you go external, and you do a straight down look, it just. It's got a great perspective to show you how high this is. It's like, wow, this is yeah, no joke. True. And this oh, is the top of El Capitan. I'll never forget watching him come over the top of that last rock, and you're like, I can't believe that a human being just did that. It takes a kind of detachment from fear and almost like an automatic and a lot robotic of experience. Yeah, it's just... You have to see it. If, if anybody in the stream has seen the movie, or if you haven't, you have to see this. It's just... You look at it, and you oh, think, man. how is this possible? You should look at um, STW's wow. uh, picture <clears throat> that he posted in uh, in the event text. His plane is icing up, but like a lot. Yeah, mine was very really bad. really good. It looks yeah, mine really is good. very badly iced up in... What plane is that? And, oh yeah, okay. It's kind of looking weird without the. Yeah, the that's what mine. I'm guessing it's just. Yeah. My interior looks pretty bad, sometimes. like this as well. So I'm having to fly external. Wow, that's another great shot. How high that is, man. And to think somebody yeah. did that. <sighs> Oh yeah, and there's definitely some stuff you don't want to fall from. Nope. And this is certainly... Oh wow, look at this. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm getting That's at. That's some detail right there. That's why I picked it. Oh, I wish this icing would come off my window. Having to fly totally external. <laughs> yep. I think it's sometimes I think the icing might ice. be a little bit overcooked. A little bit. Um tad bit I don't know I really don't know if you try uh, flipping the switch to airframe I think or flip let me see I mean I am good I'm guessing you yeah. just need to switch all of it it goes pretty away pretty quickly once you turn it on yeah so. I'm maybe I thought I had it on or I don't have all of them on so well now I do so let's see what happens Wow, it looks so great. I'm coming around for another pass here. Once my, uh... <clears throat> that did the trick. It's all gone. Yay. So let's... I watched the missionary bush pilot today in New Guinea, so let's see if I can... In Do his like quest him. Kodiak, which is somewhat similar to the caravan, to my uneducated uh, 
presumptions. So let's see if we can do a tiny bit of what he did. He lands in some places you're thinking, not on my life. Not on my life, not on your life, not on the neighbor's life. No. Looks exciting and fun, but when it gets to that point where he's like, well, now I'm committed. And I'm thinking, he goes, I hope there's not a dog on the, I hope they've mowed it. I hope there's not a rock. I hope there's not a dog on the runway. And I'm thinking you just committed and you're not 100% sure. And the runways are tiny, grass. They usually end in the face of a mountain. So, yeah, and wow, I love this, how this I'm uh, I'm slowly climbing now, and you can see the once you you get out of that valley and you see the lights starting to shine on your plane, and then those those mountains right there—it's crazy. Um, uh oh. From the flight plan, go. I kind of skipped waypoint three. Um, I kind of follow. Oh, that's a nice lake right there. But I'm kind of following uh, Yosemite. You have something called black bears down there. Yosemite. And yes, that's that is what. Uh, that is. Well, do you want to wanna, say explicitly yeah. what it means? What is it? You want to explain what explicitly what it means, like literally. Yosemite itself. Uh no, black bears. Oh well, I'm I'm assuming that it's going to be uh, some of the fauna. I weirdly enough, I've never gotten the time to actually check out any of the fauna. So I'm running to seagulls. I didn't go and see the elephant. There's remember, so much stuff that I tried once, sand, but... and I, I didn't find anything. I was I was going through Africa. I was like, oh, uh, on the map right here it says giraffes. Well, let's go try them. And <laughs> I kind of went looking around for 20 minutes. I ended up abandoning. That was I don't know if that was something uh, that I did wrong or if I didn't have some settings on. I just keep forgetting. It's it's really. There's ridiculous i things, just keep honestly. forgetting yeah there's so many things that i want to see and you know one minute i'm inspired to do x and then the next minute i'm inspired to do y and it's like wow i don't really i'm forgetting a lot of things that i need to you know i haven't done very many i haven't done the bush trips one of the things you think i would do and it's like you know i just keep forgetting i have not I, myself terrible. as well and yeah, like, I can kind of blame myself, but I've just been busy to the point where I've been well, yeah. barely able to do anything else but work. Uh, so I, I I really didn't touch the Sims since since the last event we did together. So that was last Thursday. So I want to do them, and you know, once the Christmas break comes up, then we'll be able to do that. Uh, that's that's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, um, we too. might not be doing the podcast exactly everything because i'm going away for a few days um three hours up from toronto up north so i'm gonna enjoy a bit of time away from the same place that i've been uh staying in since march so it's finally going to be nice to get out a bit so um we'll we'll figure out something for 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 timings with sure. the podcast and that we'll probably do some other stuff on the Twitch as well, right? We won't necessarily just do every Thursday. I might just stream at some point. We might just be talking, doing some flights, and just enjoying without necessarily recording a podcast. Um, and, you know, it's going to be the break, so we'll have much more time. So we'll be doing a lot more of these things probably. Yeah, it'd be nice to... to... I've done a few of the landing challenges, <clears throat> some of them terribly, but... um. I need to do the activities. I want to go see some of the animals. It's like some things I'm just like missing out on yeah. that it's dumb to 
to miss out on those areas. I literally haven't gone to London. It's ridiculous. I used to live there, and I'm thinking, I want to see if my flat, how it looks, and I just haven't done it yet because I'm just, there's so many things that come to my mind. The moment I think, like yesterday, I was like, where am I going to fly today? I had an hour, and I started thinking of the points of interest. I'm like, oh, what about Devil's Tower? That'd be really, that was it for an hour. I'm tooling around there, landing at these little airstrips, taking in the scenery, and and totally forgetting, uh, you could go to see some elephants or, you know, yeah. I need to look at a little nav map because I'm not quite sure. I'm at uh, Yasuo and Black Bears right now. I'm going to try to see if we can see anything. Cause I'm yeah, no I need to get right up ahead now. with you. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a little bit um, behind yeah. y'all. I mean, we do have still a, a bit to go. Yeah. Right. And we're already... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see those bears. I can't can't see anything right now. I think we have to get quite low. How close are you to the waypoint? I'm getting pretty close at this point. I believe it's going to be in that little valley area where it's uh, where there's the snow. I would believe it'd be right there. Okay. Yeah, you probably bears What's your altitude? Oh, I'm pretty low. I'm about uh, 10,000 feet. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm at 9. I don't know. Well, we're in the mountains, hence why it's very high altitudes, but I'm really close to the ground, probably like 800 feet. Yeah, I'm thinking I need to climb a little bit to get around this. I'm going to do a little swerving, because I think you guys are on the other side of this mountain. I need to catch up to you a little bit. So, give myself a little more power, So I'm running about 50%. Hello, any bears around here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out about where the waypoint is now, so there should be some stuff. I'm also oh, very close to stall, or at least I feel. Uh, yeah, there's a head about. Yeah, I'm still behind you, and I'm. I don't know quite. Since it's 11, yeah, I'm probably. You guys should start to see it by now. Yeah, maybe you have to be much lower, or maybe they migrated somewhere else. <laughs> but I do have the um, points of interest turned on. Wow, if I don't watch out, I'm going to do one oh, of I these. Oh, I can just see your name tag behind the mountains yep. right there. The Andes plane crash is about to happen here, folks. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just barely, because I was looking at a little nav map, not paying attention. I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah. Got some, issue. got some issues. Also now. trying that, you know, just climbing just above those mountains. Yep, and at I'm worst, you know, make... you can just deviate I'm... from them. I know I have yeah, I'm deviating, I'm deviating around it right now. So, I wonder if it's down in this valley. Let's see. Well, yeah, I'm still. I don't I'm know. I'm still off by a little bit. Let's see. I didn't see bears. I don't know if you guys saw bears. Um, it's actually, you're actually to the left. No, we've already flown of... over it. Oh, really? Oh, I'm wow. close to, ooh, that is really close to touchdown here on that mountain. Wow, I was probably like. Oh, you're all the way over by those mountains. Wow, I'm just coming to the, um. Well, we've already to the valley. Flown. Yeah, I've just I've just vacated the the group of mountains there, and I've just come to the flattish yeah. area of the valley. So I was thinking that's where the bears might be. Yeah, we went over the waypoint. I don't know. I okay. know there's a couple of people went with me, control freak, you know, sleeper. Yeah, I don't see the I don't see the marker either. Which oh, is. Well. I guess we'll just continue. Oh our well, route. they're hibernating. It's winter. Came hey, at the wrong time of could, the year. That could be exactly it. Speaking yeah. of. Speaking of that, I, I was curious about how you thought how you thought the seasons were going to be 
Because remember they mentioned the migration and it's more than just making a color. Although I've seen some some uh, freeware add-on that gives you autumn and it looks quite beautiful. So definitely not uh, having a go at that. Uh... Oh yeah, it's directly ahead. I do see, I do see the waypoint. I'm curious to see if I can see them. Did anybody else see the waypoint? Well, I mean, it says Yosemite Black Bears, and it's about. Yeah, it's. Wow, you know what just happened? Nope, but I'm sure you're gonna tell me. <laughs> the the lighting just abruptly changed, in like oh. one second. It suddenly went to like a four o'clock in the afternoon, sort of. Yeah, I don't know if you guys went. Maybe you did. I'm gonna look anyway, just to see. Because I actually can see the the, the the POI to see if they show anything. But of course I'm over speeding, so I Careful. may Yeah, I may die trying to see the video, you know. Why do we suppose he crashed? <laughs> he was trying He's, to see the bears. Trying to see the bears and he killed the bears by trying to see them. And I don't see them. And I'm low. So Wow. What a bummer. Or is that one half dead bear? Wait, let me see. <laughs> I've seen them pretty well. And the way I did it was I found that waypoint marker, uh, active paused the aircraft, jumped in the drone, and flew down to where they were. Yeah, I can't see them from. I went right over it, too. So that's OK. They're hibernating. <laughs> now I have to figure out how to get out of. Uh where I am because I am going to be weaving through some mountains here to save my soul. But I got some power to work with because I've been attempting to manage my fuel a little bit better, but oh yeah, I did it better this time. Okay. I don't know why earlier in the flight it was gobbling up uh, fuel, but I changed my mixture and throttled back a little bit and messed around with the trim and it looks like wow but getting out of where i am is not oof, not super easy here i'm gonna have to bang to the left bang to the right drop so if you hear a loud bang folks it was me hold on and of course the dog has come to inspect whether the master's gonna die before he gives her treats which so, must be yes <laughs> but luckily the cat shh, the cat is sleeping no that's good unless the yeah because you know she always does that mid uh midstream walk across my keyboard and yes moves my monitor and <clears throat> i can't wait till i get the throttle quadrant because you know what she's gonna do oh, she's yeah. gonna step is she gonna step on the throttle and right shut the it. plane off yeah i think they gotta make a mission flying with cats that ought to be a mission we simulate your cat destroying your controls Please stand by. Can, can you live? Okay, so now I got a little bit more mountains to come over, and then I won't be too far from y'all. But Man, uh, we are literally in the mountains. You can. Yes, I am literally between a valley where if I turn to the left or the right, you die. I'm gonna croak. Yeah. So, but it looks like there's a broad, flat, flatter area ahead. I just gotta navigate. But to me, this is what makes fl flying fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I don't covering. know, I find, 
I think I will learn to like the autopilot and the airliner thing because it was really cool feeling the weight of that plane. And you're thinking, wow, I'm flying a huge airliner, which obviously I'm not used to doing it, but it is a much more subtle experience. Whereas here, it's like take a wrong turn up the valley and what are you going to do to get out? Descend, speed up, turn left, right. You know, it's it's kind of a kind of a fun challenge of its own as well. Let me look at little nav map to see which way I need to be going. But I, I escaped the mountains, well. so that part's good. Honestly, like, I'm surprised, because, you know, these are the kind of things where you'd be thinking the sim would be chugging on this, because you have all these yep. trees, you have all this height geometry, and... The clouds, the lighting, the... Exactly, yes. and you're close to all of these things. You're close to the clouds, you're close to all those trees... And it, yep. it is a lot to process, yet it's not. So like not one stutter. I have absolutely nothing, and I'm looking around, left, right, up, down, back, forward, inside, outside. GPUs it's are holding just pretty well. Just a with breeze. That. Yeah. Really, really happy. That's, That's why I said I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to chase frame frame rate numbers, because sometimes it can be a losing battle. And instead, I'm just going to go by what does it look like outside of my. You know, outside of my aircraft, what am I seeing? And if what I'm seeing is is pleasing and acceptable, then I don't need to know if that is 36 or 56 or 65. I just have to look outside and say, it looks great. Performance is great. And I just try to keep myself away from the number. Because sometimes you chase a number. Yeah. And an, you chase an ideal, and you're ignoring the actual experience that you're having. So sometimes it's... Okay. Let's... Same thing with the new the new hardware is coming out. I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, oh, I think well, there's going to be I a very or... big difficulty with that. Uh, just getting access yeah. to that. But yet I don't need it. You know that that's that's the the, the point that you make. Well, yeah. Is that it the really... simulator's doing good and. Well, you know, it really depends what you really want to get. But right. the difficulty nowadays is you can't just get a GPU upgrade. Because That's right, the CPU, the motherboard, the memory. Yeah, it's like well, a package I mean, deal there. Things like Suddenly the motherboard, you, yourself... you could probably get a, a budget board and be fine. Um, but I mean, at this point, a computer is kind of a thing where you could cut corners everywhere, but at the same time, you shouldn't cut too many corners because it just becomes a bottleneck. And the bigger the bottleneck compared to the rest of the system, the worse it becomes. And a lot of people have been a little sad because they were maybe on an i5 or an older Ryzen, and then, you know, they have a 1660 Ti or something like a $200, $300 budget card, and it runs fine, and suddenly they buy a new card or a card that is on the used market, like a 1070, for example, a GTX 1070. That's a, still a decent card. And they're getting more performance out of it, but the CPU is suddenly the restriction. They're stuck on four cores, four threads sometimes, and it could be really um, hindering to the simulator. And I think that's that's really sad, but it's kind of the flow of the thing. Um, overall, I'd say you're still getting great performance out of it. And, you know, the devs mentioned CPU performance is increased as we put more multi-threading, as we make sure anything that hangs the process that you know, the frame is waiting for something to finish, that they'll cut it off. That way frames can process much quicker if they need to, um, without waiting for something to finish. Uh, GPU-wise, you know, they're also working on it. 
but GPUs usually always the bottleneck. That's how it is. That's what tells you if a system is well balanced. So the GPU is the bottleneck, because then your system is future proof. That's the main uh, ideology behind, and that is what Sobo would prefer as well, because you can always optimize certain things. And you can put more objects yeah. into it. You know, create an optimization yeah. that gives you an extra five percent FPS. Well, you can use that five percent FPS if you want and put more stuff to render. That way, you right. lose that five percent, but you have higher visual fidelity. You have more objects. You have more things to enjoy. And that's what a Sobo is doing right now with the CPU. And that's why they're thinking of adding oh. another uh, setting. And uh, well, not another setting, but another option in the presets. You know, something above high. Something okay. that will be, you know, like an extreme preset or a mega preset. Something on top. Because something above ultra, you mean? Yes, sorry, ultra, my bad. Um, okay. Yeah, something above that that would really make it, you know, a big, um, a big, an even Visual, more, yeah, more stuff on yeah. the screen. Because all the values that are in the menu where you can change your graphical settings, you can change everything. Those are values that are set between like in a scale, for example, the clouds, you know, all they're saying is we want a number of samples, more samples, the less grainy your clouds will be. Well, they yeah. put a low, medium, high and ultron clouds. They said, you know, low is going to be uh, 10 samples and medium is going to be 20 high. is going to be 30 and ultra is going to be 40 samples. The more samples, the less grainy, but at the same time, the more computational power it requires. Well, they can say, you know what? We can have an extra setting on there above ultra, and that's going to be 60 samples. So it's it's not like you're restricted within what is said. Really, the numbers can be anything. They are setting the numbers in those settings for you. So what I'm explaining here is just the variability, how much you can modify settings just to to add to the simulator. We're, we're never locked. And it's a specific mindset to get. It's not easy to see. Um, and then from that, you know, I could just upgrade your GPU. You could just go buy a new GPU today. Uh, you could get, you know, one of the ones that are coming out, the 3060 Ti is coming out. Um, another card, of course. And yeah. what I would say about those cards is right now is probably not the best moment. Um you guys know the prices are chaotic. You guys know shipping is chaotic. You guys know it's hard to get a card at the moment. Um, really, all I'd say about this right now is prices are not going to change until much later. Um, some interesting things, though, that came up, I would say, is we got more data about um, the suppliers of GPUs from around the world. Um, data from Germany, data from the US, data from the rest of Europe as well, about what kind of GPUs are being sold, how many are sold, how many were in stock to begin with, how many are they receiving for future stocks. Um, roughly out of all of this, would say there is a lot of 3090s that are going out there. There's a lot of 3060 Ti's that are coming in stock and 3070s and 3080s are getting lower in stock. Um, and what this seems to suggest is, you know, NVIDIA is getting ready to come up with their new refresh of the lineup because NVIDIA came first, then AMD set a really high standard with great GPUs that definitely beat the, um, the cars that NVIDIA already had put out. 
So now NVIDIA is going to have to bring an offering, any kind of GPU that is better uh, than what currently exists from, from AMD. Um, all I'd say is right now, they're, they're going to probably bring uh, a 3070 Ti and a 3080 Ti. Those are going to be replacing uh, the cards. So like the 3070 Ti would be replacing the 3080 uh, for about 600 bucks, and the 3080 Ti would replace the 3090 at around 1000 bucks. Now, it's, it sounds weird because the 3090 is kind of a weirdly placed card, very expensive, but also very close in performance to to the 3080. So it's kind of weird how you could fit a 3080 Ti in the middle. So they just went and, you know, went for the really top. Um, that way they wouldn't have any issues competition wise and it would still have um, something that it could call um, dominance and performance. Because they just want to keep that crown, which AMD kind of stole from them. So they want to gain that back and be able to sell more GPUs. Um, all I'd say is if you really want a card, uh, you're probably not in luck right now. <laughs> I know people have been waiting since September to get some cards. I would say the main difficulty, and I know there's been a lot of talk before about maybe you know there's supply shortages because of... Um, basic supply shortage you know are not able to produce enough the real issues now are coming up with the the shipping we're getting to a point where because the covid really abruptly uh continues its efforts in eating as many people as it can the communication between different countries the the chains boats trains planes and and so on trucks are massively reduced as a result it is there's so little supply of cargo transfers that exist around the world that it's all uh kind of like the same way we're seeing right now with scalpers you know it's the one who has the most money the one who's who just got the biggest budget will be able to be there first and just take everything and and keep it there what this means is right now Consumer electronics, we're seeing companies like Apple um, actually buying a lot of those air cargo supplies from, from all around uh, China and, uh, and all their manufacturing areas to ship it to consumers. Uh, because or you use boats or you use planes, really. That's really the way you ship around the world. Boats is cheap. But it takes you know up to six weeks to get around the world to where you want them to be. A plane is way more expensive, and there's very little planes flying around the world today. You know you're down from a to like sometimes to a third to a quarter of what we were able to fly just a year from now. Um, really, what I'd say is the the people who are in the UK and in Europe are more impacted by this than in North America. So if you're in the UK or Europe, uh, I'm very sorry for you. Um, yeah. But this does not just happen with the with the GPUs. This happens with all consoles, you know, the Switch, the Xbox, the PlayStation, all consumer electronics, really. Phones as well, Samsung, Apple are really all hit by this. So they're all trying to hit on the, on the supply of cargo that goes from China back um, to North America and Europe in time for Christmas. Because... You know, right now, if you wait six weeks, it's not Christmas anymore. Uh, so you can't really do this if you really want people to have, you know, their PlayStation or their Xbox for Christmas. Which, remember, Microsoft and PlayStation and Sony, my bad, they don't care at 
selling a price where they're not making a profit, where you're just breaking even on the console, what they're really going to want is for you to spend money on their stores. That's where they're getting their, their profit backs when you, when you buy games. And, well, if you don't have that gift under the Christmas tree on, you know, when you open that console, the least time you have with the console, the least like you're going to spend so much money. So they're really trying to get those consoles as quickly as possible. Just the shipping is very expensive and difficult to just get at the moment. So even if there's supply, you have this difficulty of of just being able to bring it to consumers. And then just from the perspective... Um, Roughly to give it to you, uh, it seems like NVIDIA is going brick and mortar, while Radeon, AMD, just like Apple and the other ones, are trying to ship directly to the consumer. It doesn't mean that there's an advantage for one or the other. It just means, you know, regardless, somewhere in the supply chain, there's always some, some shortages. There's always some difficulties there. I just found that interesting because I did a bit of research on that. That's what I kind of came up with more recently. Um, prices are high, just not only just because quantity is lacking in terms of production, but also getting it to consumers. So I found that interesting. At the same time, it means that once the shipping craze is over in Q1, Q2, if we're lucky, we might see some price reductions, for example, in the GPU space. Uh, for example, uh, you could see some in AMD products maybe drop in price if NVIDIA's new GPUs are also cheaper. If they're not, we're not going to see any price changes because AMD literally did beat mo in, in many scenarios um, AMD's cards. So there's no reason for them to drop their prices because they are on top of the charts. So really, that that's where we're standing in GPUs. So uh, again, I'll say just kind of like last time, um, the used market is really the best option. So... Now get yourself, you know, I just went with a 1080 Ti. Works really amazing. Does the job. That's a great card. Cheap. That is such a, it's almost like. It's a 2080. Yeah. It's the same it's performance exactly, of a 2080. Exactly. It, it, it's a game with the name. It, it's a trickery with the name a little bit because the card has performance that's way beyond. It seems to be one of the ones that have held up the best over time. And the performance just is it's really a great card. It just makes you wonder which of the 3000 series is going to be the 3000 version of the 1080 Ti. Which one is it? I wonder. Is it going to be the 3060 Ti? And it's going to be slightly better you than the 3070 the, the and the 3080. Like which? You mean which card is going to have? Going yeah, to you know, you know, there's going to be a card in the new series, whether it's the 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever. One of them is going to have this better performance despite the nomenclature not indicating that it would be better like the 1080 ti in situations can outperform cards that are above it but not all of them seem to be able to do that even like like you said if you had like a a 3090 but who knows what they're going to do with one of the ti's of the lower number and all of a sudden you see this one that you would expect would be slightly you know, 10, 20% off, and it turns out, like with the 1080 Ti, that it just is able to keep right up with some cards that technically it shouldn't be able to or that you wouldn't expect it to based on the, the pattern of the way that they're naming everything. Mm -hmm. You think, you know, I'm buying this this certain card, and it just seems like the 1080 is like an anomaly. The 1080 Ti is an anomaly that... <laughs> well, they made a, a really... Little... 
good card. In it. <clears throat> they made a really good so card. That's that's really their issue. They made something that was good. Um, and the way they're just trying to segment everything is so, you know, a different price, a different performance. When you have that card, that 1080 Ti, you have to beat that 1080 Ti. They think they set the standard really high. So with the 2080 Ti, they tried to beat that. The only way they could really do this, and, you know, it's it always comes up like this. You sell a card at one level. Okay, you say we have one good performance card. In this case, it was the 3080. People buy the 3080. Then you're going to come up with a 3080 Ti and people are going to buy that one afterwards because it's kind of like an upgrade. Usually the Ti might come about a year after the non-Ti gets released. Uh, that's what was happening with the with, with the Pascal generation, the 10 uh, series cards. Now with the 20 series cards, they went with a super variant because AMD came back and was competitive and they already had the Ti out. So they said, okay, we need a super and the super were adjusted to match AMD's lineup or slightly exceeded by about 2%, which comes back to the same thing. And that was a way to get them back together. That was the super variant. Um, now the TI is coming up right after. So I'm guessing there's maybe be, if they really need to do another refresh, they would use the super again, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like right now they're just going, you know, we're going a 2060, uh, sorry, 3060 TI, 3070 TI, 3080 TI. And those will just be a notch above where the 3080 TI would even probably beat the 3090 at a thousand bucks. And to kind of answer your question, will we see another 1080 Ti? Honestly, I don't know. Because the only way for a 1080 Ti to have the value it has today, because I got that GPU, you know, for about 380 bucks USD. You would almost think that they, they wouldn't want to engineer something quite that good because it engineering is it, it, a part it of it slows but the sales it slows the sales down if you but don't have the price it doesn't matter yeah because if that 1080 true. ti is worth as much as a 2080 ti about 700 bucks still would you look on the average price it can go higher um because there's no availability of other cards that beat that 2080 ti it's not really worth buying it at that price for me i feel like no i wouldn't ever buy that card at 700 bucks i would probably do it at 500 or 400 that were i would think those prices are more reasonable knowing that the msrp which is the price that the manufacturer uh estimated it, the card should be sold at and where they say you should sell you know this card at this price they gave that for the 30 series and those were cards that are now sold you know at an extra hundred dollars an extra 150 sometimes even 200 dollars above that msrp price and well of course the cost of shipping is passed down to the consumer um and then of course any kind of third-party card that you're going to get so all the cards that come from you know msi gigabyte asus and all of those companies they're also making their own little profit margin on this so there's always and they do extra stuff they give you more value at the same time so it really depends how you view it but these guys also have their costs. So right now, I don't really see a card that would be like a, a, a 1080 Ti at the moment. No. Yeah, Maybe in the that's future. kind of what I'm getting at. But we have a little airport here, Alpine yeah. County. Um, oh, you guys are up here. Okay. I'm not quite sure what... I just passed um, the other airport further south, uh, Bear Valley. Yes. 
was Got right there. Oh, so you know what? I see what it is. I need to make a turn. Sorry, because oh. I'm having to jump back and forth the little nav map, and I thought I had continued on a heading that I drifted as we were discussing, and you want to know why? Because I'm looking at the scenery. This is why I did not get my private's pilot private pilot's license in real life, because something mm -hmm. said, you're going to kill yourself looking around at all the pretty scenery. <laughs> uh, and yeah. exactly I what I just did now. I'm thinking, oh, look at that, look at that. And my heading drifted significantly. Okay. I see you all the way and down there I, as well. So Yeah, not in the right, not quite in the right area. Well, I'm going so, uh, full north, heading 344 right now. Yeah, I've got to dodge a mountain. So let me go around this mountain. I was looking at the valley and I was listening to your yeah your erudite uh, details and I just got to dodge it off twenty five degrees back. so I'm like let me uh, yeah warm my way back sorry about that guys that's fine but yeah really honestly the value that we got from a 1080 Ti is nothing compared it's, to uh, exceptional yeah and I don't know I almost wanted to say I don't know if they'd make that mistake again. As if it's a mistake, but you get what I mean. They're like, wow, we kind of overdid well, it on that card, and people have same. hung on to that card. They did the same with the Long... 2080 Ti. They kept some space between the 2080 and the 2080 Ti. That's yeah. one thing they did. And that worked in the sense that... Well, okay, so when you have a new generation, it has to be above the previous generations. What was mid-range in the previous generation can now be budget in this new generation so the some performance like the, we, we could say it like this the, the the 1060 is now really no card in the 20 series um the gtx 1070 is now a 2060 in terms of performance okay. the 1080 is just above the rtx 2060 then everything above the RTX 2060 Super, the 2070, the 2080, and so on, that was just above the GTX 1080. So any card above the 1080 is the RTX 2060 Super, 2070, 2080, 2080 Super, and then 2080 Ti. So they really brought that performance up a notch, um, which was enough for them to really make a difference. Um, the 1080 Ti did match up to the 2080, so that was one card that was way above its others. So they did the same with the 2080 Ti. If the 1080 Ti is a 2080, you want the 2080 Ti to be above as well. So they, they made that same notch. I would say not as big as they did between the 1080 and the 1080 Ti. It, right. it, it was not as big because they knew that they'd have to deliver bigger in the 30 series. And now that the marketing of RTX and DLSS is coming out, don't forget, RTX and DLSS are specific things that have to be implemented into specific games. It does not just work with every card out of the box. Developers need to add those features manually. It gives you advantages, but it's game specific. Don't forget that. So they have to do a lot of work just to get something on a game that works and then just take care of this whole lineup to make sure it matches. So. I would say overall, the 2080 Ti is a notch above the 1080 Ti, and we're not going to see that kind of space separate itself even more. We're not going to see a 3080 Ti being that far away from the 2080 Ti now, probably. And, you know, there's a lot of variants coming in into this. Now you have a, a 3060 Ti, and uh, 
3070, 3080, 3080 Ti, 3090. Are we going to get a 3090 Ti now? I mean... This is getting yeah, also a little confusing what at this wondering point. Is, right now, the know, only cars we don't have is a 3090 Ti and a 3060. Those are the only two cars we don't have yet. And they could show up. Um, it is just getting confusing at this point. And I think, you know, at a moment, it's just going to be too much for for us to understand which card's the best. And with the prices all over the, the, the place, we're not going to understand what value uh, a card should have. And so that could also be a way to keep certain prices where they want it to be, mostly for, you know, the third-party companies who are making those GPUs and who need their margins and who are passing on certain costs to the consumers at the moment. If they just keep the prices like this afterwards, people are going to eventually going to give up and say, okay, I'm not going to wait further. I'm just going to buy a card and prices are going to stay high. And that's going to be What's sad. What's the story about those third parties kind of grousing that nvidia i think being forced by um amd wanted to try to really make their pricing more competitive but some of the you know the people that they're working with are 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 balking at it they're like we're not going to make anything at this point so amd is definitely having a an impact on AMD's forcing the conversation yeah AMD is having a major. Very honestly with you, I would right now there are more big Navi cards cards sold than just even 3090s. Like there's now is that for sales or is there is there any that's play sales. on availability? Is that's, there any that's like quantities? Does it come, is it because AMD is able to supply better, so the sales are better, or is it literally better because well they're performance just, they're, they're pretty darn close. superior. Yeah. Okay. And not just performance, you're also having um, the availability. And don't forget, you know, NVIDIA's cards launched in September. Some maybe, <clears throat> in a, like, during that month. AMD's been in, in November. AMD is late by two months on all those cards. Yet, they're yeah. selling more. And that tells you a lot about what's happening in the background. Now, yes, there's now we're getting into the, the, the Christmas crunch. You know, there's three weeks left. What do you do? Um, but just from before and everything happening, you know, you can get your hands on a 3090. Um, and some of that to blame is the, the miners. You know, everything with Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies, the miners are also buying those cards, which impact um the supply of those cards even more uh we know there's direct channels between um nvidia and miners uh in that case so the supply is of course even more limited at this point um i would really say the biggest issue that we're facing is the prices and how none of the two companies are going to really want to play down the prices because there's no reason for them to bring the prices down any card they put on the market will sell any card will continue to keep its price and both companies are on an even field and sometimes uh amd overclocked uh 6900 xt for example will beat the 3080 uh, decently so you know there's no reason for amd to bring down its prices and i'm saying amd because amd usually does that last year well not last year but last generation they were not it's because the at that sorry level. to interrupt you, but I, I yep. would argue it's because the brand hasn't caught up to the the performance or whatever. It's just 
for years and years, people have been crap crapping on AMD, and they're finally catching up in the last three, four years, I'd say. And now it's getting to a point like they're almost surpassing Nvidia, or sorry, Intel. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, yeah, I think that has helped a great deal. Is that the battle with Intel is being won pretty well, and you know they're competing yeah, exactly. better. And I think the trust factor is is going up. It literally well, it's yeah, it's called the Halo parallel, I think, where if you have one product that is amazing that's beating the competition, you're gonna look at that brand and see what else are you selling, and then they're gonna see GPUs and we're like, oh well, they're selling this, and then they'll look into it. Issue with AMD in the past was their marketing was horrible to the point where nobody knew what Radeon was. They didn't even know it was a GPU. Yeah. Like someone, if you want to buy yeah. a GPU, you went online, GPU, you saw NVIDIA, you bought NVIDIA. It was like, okay, I want to spend $300 on a graphics card. They looked at the thing that was at a $300 price, they yeah. bought that. That's how people bought cards, and that's how they still do. You can look all over the world for various... Uh, the one I know with IT is Cisco Cisco networking equipment versus something like Zyxel. Cisco has just like... <clears throat> they've done a very good job marketing products. The products, don't get me wrong, but it's just funny because it's almost like a generic brand versus name brand for a extreme example, you know, which is they're the same thing, but because that brand has better branding or marketing it can um it just people are swayed to one side yeah. because they have the fancy new i mean <laughs> let's be honest apple does that a lot i feel like because their products look nice and sleek yep. but it's are they really running the latest and greatest under the hood or is they have really good well, marketing? well let's not forget that nvidia also has a very strong software product stack um and that has a play into it, even though from my point of view, it is just for added value to make it feel like you're getting more value out of the GPU when very honestly, you're probably not getting much value um, in video broadcasts and all those features. For me, I don't feel like it would be that useful. It's not like using tensor cores to uh, make the camera follow your face and, and, and yourself or hide a background. I don't think that's a feature that I'm going to buy from a GPU. I'm just going to get that from the Zoom or whatever. Um, that's software. I don't worry about that. Um, things like DLSS. I mean, AMD is working on a solution. They really haven't shown us much about it yet. And apparently it would be able to support any game. Um, I haven't seen any proof of those claims yet. I want to see them. But the AMD still behind right now on, on software. And they have yet to prove that side. They that are big, hurt that was a big issue, on the marketing, yeah. though. That is one thing I do have to agree. They are hurt on the marketing. And yeah. they really are working hard on getting that back. They're just not at that level that NVIDIA is at. And it makes sense. They, they've they been out of the high-end market for three years. So there's they're catching up. But they seem to be doing really well sales-wise right now. That's what, it, where, that's what the data is showing. Mm-hmm. And as far as tech news is concerned, have you guys heard about Apple? It's moving to their, they're going to start building their own silicone chips, ARM based or ARM powered chips. Yes, they've already, they've already made their own products. The, the M1 chip. Yeah. It's supposed to be like your battery life is supposed to be insanely good. Well, that came out, right? Reviews are out. Benchmarks are out. Um, They're beating Intel out of the water. Uh, for sure. AMD is threatened, but is still keeping the performance crown at the moment. Um, 
performance for value or price per you know what i mean i just well i, just uh, I mean AMD's. when you're buying an amd cpu you're just getting an amd cpu when you're buying apple you're buying a lot of stuff at the same time you're buying your laptop you're buying your computer so it's going to be difficult value wise to just say you know you can get an amd cpu or you can get an apple cpu it's going to be very difficult to figure that um one thing that I find very interesting is because NVIDIA is in the process of buying ARM, there might be some opportunity for NVIDIA to try and and take um, and take back Reinvent some GPU market. Kinda. Well, okay, so it's very interesting because we're seeing a new battle kind of show up. We're seeing um, we're seeing Mellanox with with NVIDIA. Uh, we're seeing Xilinx with AMD and of course, Intel has a whole uh, division based on, on all these uh, technologies, which are basically um, communication links, uh, data storage um, technologies, as well as 5G and modem technologies. And the three companies are now kind of fighting. You know, you have ARM versus uh, x86. That's a difficult thing to do. That's a that's a battle that's going to be eventually probably won by ARM if they continue to focus and 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 work as hard as they are working right now, especially with with Apple and their own custom chips. Like that is crazy the, the amount of performance you're getting out of it. Um, there's. Do you know who Qualcomm? You know Qualcomm. Yep. Who makes their chips, or who who are they? Do they provide? Okay, um, so ARM Intel? ARM is a framework. ARM was built from the ground up and licenses their core architecture. So they're saying this is kind of like a map of what our CPU is built on, and I'll allow companies to use that map and modify it, play with it, make their own chips, and companies like Qualcomm, like Apple, and many others are using ARM CPUs, and they're using those maps, they're making their own custom silicon out of it. That's now, that's what you you're seeing. Apple, do you think Apple might pivot eventually and start to sell processors like AMD and Intel does? I doubt because that would happen. They, okay. I'm just to see if they see a market. Uh, uh, you know, the, there would be there. a market, but it's not Apple's philosophy through there. Don't forget, Apple wants a full ecosystem. So if they sell you just a CPU, it does not make sense from a, a perspective just from what Apple does. Apple would get you not just the CPU, but the computer, the software, exactly. the services, the whole yeah. ecosystem. You know, so it, of it doesn't make sense to sell parts from Apple. And it's just who they are, honestly. It's just I know, man. Is that's why I hate Apple? Is because it's just like there's a market there for people who probably want don't want to pay the fifteen hundred dollar MacBook, but they wouldn't mind paying for a three hundred fifty dollar chip that they they built and designed and manufactured. But just like everything that's Apple, you know, it's going to come at an inflated price. The one of the best examples about Apple and their philosophy are the Apple wheels. Those are the most <laughs> hilarious product I've ever seen selling for uh, extremely outrageous price and and they built up such a loyal fan base that people will buy yeah $100, like $500 wheels is, for their it's just what it is power. but like honestly who's buying those wheels people who are buying the computer who are buying the computer you're looking at a very specific market usually those are i think the computer was really made for hollywood honestly for for visual yeah, studios video, visual marketing. effects studios and all that stuff so those are very specific. 
Um, but I do see some kind of market because you mentioned, you know, what would Apple sell to the consumer their their silicon? I would say no to that. But I do know that um, Amazon, through their AWS services, all their web services, have started uh, supporting um, Apple devices. What they're doing is they're putting some Apple devices into their data centers so you could do iOS development uh, through the cloud. And so compiling, Mm. putting all those tasks could be done in an Amazon data center. So... The Apple ecosystem is slowly also going through that side of the market. So at worst, I would say maybe in the future, there could be an opportunity where we could see Apple uh, partnering up with, with Amazon and providing those chips. It would be a license. But don't forget also, Amazon has its own ARM-based CPU. And I didn't know that. And, and very really? honestly with you, the future looks like this, where every company is going to create their own chip and specialize. A chip is going to be extremely specialized um, into creating just that one task that they want to do. And the rest can be done on a, like, a, a least powerful, like an i5, you know, some kind of just random CPU. Um, or another ARM processor, you know. You could look at how Intel is trying to build their future CPUs by the way they're creating a big core, smart core design, um, where you have the big cores who are going to do a lot of the big processing, and the small cores who are going to do all the background tasks. And that way you can turn off the big core when it's not in use, and you have very low power draw. And then you have the performance that you'd require from a high-end chip with those big cores when you need it. File, uh, get out of go go back to. I don't know if you're in the menu right now. Uh, I'm not. It just yeah. don't. It There's just that fire truck me. that's right behind you. I found that so cute. <laughs> it parked down there, and it, oh, it's it's amazing. It's like they knew you were here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Oh, get it ready." Yeah, sorry, oh, Red it. Dragon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just landed. We just did um, a big flight, two hours and thirty minutes. So. Sorry about that. It would have been of... slight, it would have been slightly less. It's just we got off a little bit, even got twisted around without having that uh, without having the exact flight plan up. But I'm gonna find a solution so I can see little nav map at the same time. So yeah, that's a difficulty. Yeah, because when I could see that, I was like, oh, I gotta turn, I gotta turn, and that, that's really good. I'm getting used to that. In the beginning, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know about the map and blah blah blah. But now I'm like, yeah, this is great. I really enjoy it. Super detailed. Yeah. But yeah, but my honestly, flight path line looks a little crazy. <laughs> oh, you should see mine. Mine <laughs> wow, is crazy. It's so far off. It's unbelievable how Actually. far east I went. I literally went on the back side of the of the complete east side of the ridge of the mountain range. You know, I should show this stuff. Uh see if I can. Wow. Yeah. Uh, show my embarrassing go. uh You can see mine from here from Little Nav Map. Uh the beginning was nice. We kind of went around, but yeah. okay. So the lines aren't gray, but you can see how I deviated to the left here when that line is straight. Yeah, and mine's a see, like, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't forget, there were also some winds, but I mean, like, I can't blame it on winds. But yeah, you can see how yeah. we go like far off. <laughs> I was distracted and way over trying to see the bears, and then I just stayed over there, and then I made an S and a loop and a yeah. Back. Okay, mine's probably a little cleaner than that then. Um, yeah. But, I'm trying okay. to see if I can find the full screen picture so I can get rid of the menu so I can better see it all. But 
I still don't know how to use some of the features to make a full screen. Where is that? Is that here? No. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Hold on. I do like the traffic that's at this airport, honestly. It's like, I do, um, yeah. I was like, oh, nice. Hey, I'm going to dip out to my other server that I have, but is it cool if I send you guys messages? Because you guys are pretty chill. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, we do this every Thursday, so you'll probably see us again uh, in this voice chat. Yep. So okay. Feel free to join. Again. Yeah. Yeah, let me send you a message and then just hit me up whenever you guys are in here next. Cool. Yeah, feel free to send any questions. I'll, I'll answer all those. Well, what type of questions? CPU, uh, tech any questions, kind of tech. any kind of techie questions, or or even the same. You might have. We do the same Are you, kind you of an thorough. IT? I'm not an IT, but uh, should I be. Do know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> might, as, might as well be. <laughs> uh, he's my go-to. Oh, he's young. I'm young. <laughs> no, he's young. I mean, Far Isle is not a teenager, not but he's young. young yeah. As, as a, yeah. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. I'm an adult. I'm old enough like to be all your like nine, like twenty. Yeah, twenty in my twenties. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so you're not talking to a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> you know, I didn't think I was. Good. No. Uh, you know, but yeah, sometimes you get these little, people, you get these little kids, are, how smart they're they are, from, what they do. Yeah, I just like asking people what they do for work, where where they live, and how old they are, oh, not cool. as like a privacy invasion, but just because I'm. A, it's curious to see me. where everybody's from and yeah, where they're yeah, where you're playing to, and how you, know, you connect. See if I've traveled there, if I can connect with yeah. it exactly. For I all, you have a lot of specific attention by the airport. I just love this. It is really good. I I don't know what I've done to. I must have turned on a little bit of AI traffic. I, surely all of this can't uh, be. You have to look on Twitch. Yeah, I'm. Oh jeez. Yeah, and I can't see this. Isn't that weird? Oh, it doesn't I do not matter. See this. I think I think that's the best but part. But it's, it's so it's so appropriate that it's <laughs> it's 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 literally a fire truck right next to yeah, your plane. Yeah, you figure as well. I still am asking if anybody out there creates liveries. I need a livery oh, that oh, makes oh, the plane look oh, like it's already been oh. crashed. That doesn't Dense, look good. Fire, a uh, car, smoke, and a truck. No, a hole. get out. <laughs> Where are all these vehicles converging on Far Isle? Because they know I'm just absolutely like, oh, you know, know it's what's him. going on? I know it's, he's famous. <laughs> Maybe not for the right things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we'll death, never know. Death, disaster. Somebody somebody had a, sent out a communique that I was using a keyboard again, so they've called all the services in. That's so weird because I can't see any of them in my view at all. I can only see them on Twitch. Like for me, there's only a little Cessna beside me. As you can see side. how nice it looks. Like I like this airport, honestly. This is a nice place. Yeah. It's busy. It's a beautiful place. You get all these vehicles yeah. right there. Of course, all yeah. converging on you. Because like, there's only one <laughs> one down there, and then barely anything. This is like the way I parked or something. I I don't yeah. know. And the fire truck just disappeared. Oh. Well, oh, that's sad. He figures I'm not on fire, so I managed to land without uh, smoke and disaster for a change. That's Pretty the good. best. At least, you yeah. At least it? we did a nice landing. I love this area, yes. honestly. That's I. Sh I, think I do too. Should... I'm gonna putter around, around here a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Have a good night, guys. I'm... You too. Yep. You nice too. meeting you. See ya. Same here. Later. Later. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye.